I'm seeing like pretty big bumps on my thing. Yeah, I have the same issue. And should I be worried or no? Uh, Wait, 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 what? Do you not read the group? <laughs> God damn it. I'm going to read this. Sorry. This is going to go well, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> now something seems just a little off. It was like two days ago, man. Like maybe even yesterday. What? <laughs> I, th- I, th- I told you to sleep. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Gimme the Loot Podcast, the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast that brings the movies to you. You can call me Jim, I'll be your dungeon master and producer, at least until we can get an intern in here to take care of this bit of business. You know, about a year ago, some friends and I were sitting around playing D&D, we asked ourselves, what else can we do with these rules? We were all movie lovers, so thought we'd maybe take a shot at coming up with a system to role-play the production of a movie. Talked about it and came up with the idea to use salaries and revenues instead of experience points. And hey, Gimme the Loot was born. We put out a call and got a guest to join us to play as the director, and we're going to be scoring his opening night potential by how epic he can make those scenes he manages to get on film. It's going to be his job to corral a mix of actor types, a budding action hero, a comedic star on the rebound from a stint in rehab, a VO and mocap veteran, the host of a PBS children's show trying to cross over, and an aging thespian who just can't seem to shake his Shakespearean roots. Those fellows aren't likely to make his job very easy. Before we get started, a couple things. I want to thank y'all for joining us. We sincerely appreciate y'all making time for us and your busy podcast listening schedule. And if you find it in your hearts, do a little bit more than listen. You can head over to patreon.com slash gmdlcast and see what you get if you just pony up a few dollars to support the show. Folks, Gimme the Loot is not a family-friendly podcast due to a mix of profanity, cinematic violence, and crude humor. We'll get any specific content warnings down in the show notes down below. And one last thing before we get into the episode now. COVID is back on the rise. Omicron's a thing. I know it's the holiday season and we all want to be around our families, but it's important you're safe. Get vaccinated. Get your kids vaccinated. Get the little ones taken care of. Get your booster and wear a mask. You know, wearing a mask just isn't about taking care of yourself. It also helps take care of those around you. And I know we've all dreamed of being an action star in a big production, but here's a way that you can be a hero right at home. On that note, let's start this show. Hey, everybody. We're back with the regular cast of Irregulars, starting with Harlan. I don't, I'm not, am I playing Todd? I'm not playing Todd, right? All right. Let's just move on from Harlan. <laughs> Please, thank you. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's a, that's the best we're going to get out of you. Let's move on. Uh, Moyle um, playing Wait, no. The other way around. <laughs> See? See? I'm not the only one. I just always go first. So I get to make, I get to look like the fool. <laughs> I just, how is this even, how? Oh my God, it's not like you forgot your character name. <laughs> you forgot his real name. Well, All I'll, right. I'll be playing somebody today and okay. we'll find out who throughout the episode. <laughs> I'm not fixing this. This is going in. Moving on. 
Uh, it's Jamie playing Eldrin Thaneros, the Wood Elf Ranger, to save us all from danger. Uh, you can also find me on the Three Angry Gamers podcast. And this is Jazz playing the Fireball Flinging Fate. And Anthony playing Baba Tune. And joining the regular cast today, we have a special guest, Bob. Hello, I am Bob, and I'm playing Cameron. All right, guys. We start with a establishing shot of the Austin, Texas city skyline. Our camera swings through the city over the river past. Oh, God, I've totally blanked out. What's the name of the park? Zoker. 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 Jesus Christ. Sorry, it's been a while since I've left the bunker. Over the river, zooms past Zilker Park out into the hill country where we find a newly established film studio, Multiversal Studios a production company which has recently opened its doors in the Silicon Hills as a result of the COVID pandemic requiring some filming to be moved to a slightly more central location. We zoom in even closer and we can see an array of trailers set outside, a couple of large studio soundstage buildings, and a massive backlot. We zoom in even tighter to an individual reclining in a makeup chair with the finishing touches of the red paint being applied to his face and the fake mustache being glued on when a dutiful makeup artist says, all right, Mr. Highland, you're done. You can go. No, thanks. Thanks. Uh, uh, yeah, I hate being in this chair all the time, but it's good to know that I'm getting paid exceptionally for my time. You bring that up every time you're here. <laughs> That's not really my business, but you have a nice day. Harland, finally, uh, having been made up, you glance in the mirror and, and see the image of Todd the Tiefling, your character that you'll be playing on the Gimme the Loot movie, the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play movie that you have signed on and consider your big break. You step out of the makeup trailer into the back lot and scan around and see your co-stars there clustered together ready to head over to the soundstage for their first call of the day. There's Jamie there, dressed up as Eldrin the Elf. You can see Andrew there in his skin-tight green CGI suit, just uncomfortably tight all over his body, except the groin for some reason, with the large animatronic dragon head perched atop his head to allow the effects guys to paint in Moyle Mossberg in post. Gazing around in awe, you see Jazz, the PBS host of Literature Spectrum, who this is his first production, and he is probably the person you're least pleased to be working with. And then Anthony, the Shakespearean actor who, after doing an episode of Professor Ware, has been repeatedly typecast in fantasy and sci-fi movies, who this was the best gig he could get at the time. So you guys are set up to head over to the set to meet the director. Well, this is all just amazing. Uh... Look at all this. Where's uh, where's, where's craft services? It, what? I'm 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 hungry. I'm a little peckish. I mean, I mean, we're gonna be sitting here forever, guys. You know, waiting for, just for the light guy to finish up. You know. You mean you mean they feed us too? Oh my God, we're yes. Wow, this is awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. Is this your first this time being so on a set? Yeah, like, yeah. I usually don't have to go anywhere. I, my food is usually brought to me. What? <sighs> And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm uh, expecting my food to get brought to me. Elf dude, are you the guy who brings my food to me? What? Fuck no. Who do, what? Who, who, Come on, man. No. Wait, no. Do I look like the guy who brings your food? I'm in full fucking makeup. Like, <laughs> have you seen the guy that brings my food? No. Does he wear full makeup? You kind of look like the guy that brings my food. 
Is he look like an elf? You have a food elf. That's what you're telling me. You have a man dressed up in an elf costume that brings you food. Like, so let me ask you a question in this elf costume. What's the difference between this and just the regular person? You just got these pointy ears. The, my, my food guy's got pointy ears. Does he wear a ranger's cape and boots and have an arrow like quiver? And uh, he's from Brooklyn. So he kind of that's kind of his regular outfit. Hipster ranger is his, his look. That's his that's. My food guy, yeah. I've never heard of such a thing. Oh, okay. You're a fucking weird dude. I'm weird? Yeah. <laughs> a, a beleaguered PA comes scuttling up and goes, uh, gentlemen, gentlemen, I am, I'm very, very sorry to, to interrupt you, but uh, Cameron is a little bit uh, aggravated that you haven't made it to the set yet. If you would... Uh, if you would please, please hurry. He he threatened to flay me alive, which is the strangest thing I've ever heard a director say to me. Uh, I, I, please, let's go. And he kind of scuttles back towards the soundstage. Oh, I guess uh, we shouldn't keep him waiting. I, I guess. I'm just excited I get to work with Cameron. Let's go. You guys make your way through the back lot into an exceptionally large soundstage. The huge garage doors roll to the side, setting up a scene which... I mean, you guys have been on a lot of different film sets. Anthony, you're a veteran actor. You've done a number of stage plays, including a number of different productions of Romeo and Juliet on Broadway. You have been in some spectacular stage settings. Harland, you tend to do the summer blockbuster thing. You've seen some big stunt spectaculars. Jamie, you got your start doing video game voiceovers and motion capture and have just recently crossed over into kind of the more live action oriented world. But you're familiar with these big pieces of production. Moyle, before your stint in rehab as a comic actor, you had done some some pretty big set pieces. But none of you have seen a above ground pool this large before in your life. It's a massive tank of water sitting in the center of the soundstage, a large circular pool at the center of which sits a small two-masted schooner. Off to the side, you can see the cameras, lighting crews, and sound and stage production assistants scrambling about under the imperious and watchful eye of your director, Cameron, who turns to you and waves you over. Gentlemen, gentlemen. Yo, what's up, Cameron? I see you're still wearing the pink fur. (laughs) Oh, I don't know what to say to that. But anyways, (laughs) it's a pleasure to meet you all. And now Cameron is about like, I would say like, they're like five two, but he thinks he's a lot taller. He's kind of like a schlub. He has a kind of a visor on. He's not very imposing looking. I am your director, Cameron. I am sure you're familiar with my work. I was the third assistant unit director on the last Airbender movie and backup screenwriter on John Carter of Mars. Most recently, I directed Holiday, but I was not given credit. It is my honor to direct you fine, cheap actors on the Give Me the Loot Money a movie. Except for you, Harland. It's obvious that you are the star. Wait. I loved you and bring it on five. It's brought. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was, that was some of my good work. Some, some of my best work. Were you lead cheerleader? Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. You have some you have a problem with cheerleading? I mean, you do you, man. Uh... It is a sport. Have you ever seen ESPN? It's a sport. Do you know how much training I had to go through? Do you remember all the training Wick did for uh, Keanu Reeves did for John Wick? I mean, I don't. Multiply that by two, and that's what I had to do for Bring It On 5. Okay, well, that's exciting, I guess. (laughs) Please. You wouldn't know, Mr. Voice Actor. Listen, man. Yeah, please be more careful of the talent. Elf, (laughs) be quiet. Whoa! (laughs) Elf, you can't even say my name! Oh, man. And I look at everyone, it's like, 
honestly, I don't know what any of your names are. It's either <laughs> Harland or not Harland or you. <laughs> so I'm going to get really close to Harland and be like, hey, man, you look a little hungry. Are you OK? Yeah, I'm, I'm OK right now. The elf guy didn't come and bring my food to me today, but I'm doing all right. <laughs> I look at the elf. I'm like, catering elf, catering elf. Come on. Can you go get a sandwich or something? I know he's not talking to me. A younger man in a blue long-sleeved shirt with a Star Trek insignia on it and Spock ears on comes up and goes, oh, uh, uh, Mr. Cameron, I'm, I'm sorry. I was I was late today. I had an audition on the other part of the lot. So I didn't uh, I didn't bring uh, M- Mr. Harland his uh, his typical continental breakfast. <laughs> Mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Uh, he typically demands be mm-hmm. set up in his trailer. I am so sorry, sir. Okay, hold on one second. Harland, baby, would you like to fire this person or did you want me to? No, he, he's all right. I just wanted to see the elder elf guy. Are you sure? I'm sure. Are you sure? He has a cousin. I'm going to fire him. Where's my assistant director? Just to make sure the other elf guy, the voice acting elf guy, okay. he knows that that guy is an elf too. Okay. <laughs> All right. You, whatever your name is. Seems kind of derogatory. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Harlan, sir. Guy in the blue shirt. I, I've, expl- I've explained quite a few times, sir. I'm a Vulcan. I'm not a, uh, not an elf. Okay. Spec, go get like a, like one of those breakfast sandwiches, like a English muffin with a, with eggs and sausage and Harlan, are, are you vegan or are you are okay with me? I'm, I'm okay. Okay. All right. Get that. Everyone, everyone, uh, actor huddle, actor, director huddle. Come on in. So I'm just kind of like, come on in, come on, huddle, huddle, huddle. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where is my breakfast? Oh, you know what? Here's the thing. You all signed contracts. Harlan's contract asked for breakfast every time you guys I don't know. I don't care. You, not Harlan, need to get into action. I I am classically trained, and this Michael Bay reject is getting breakfast. Why don't you ask Tyler Perry to get you your food? I I, I don't work with the likes of Tyler Perry. I am stage trained, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay. I worked with the likes of DeBarge to De La Ghetto. <laughs> Is that one of the El DeBarge brothers? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was in a Tyler Perry movie. Are you sure? <laughs> By the way, Harlan, I loved you and Medea. No. Mm. I work with the best and I can't even get a breakfast. It's okay. Whatever, whatever. We're on to the direction. We'll get to this. GM, I would like to um, kind of motion over for my most incompetent employee to come over and to take everyone's uh, breakfast orders except for Harland. Hey, y'all. How y'all? How y'all doing? My name's Steve. Uh, This is my first day here. Can I can I get y'all's orders? Uh, And Steve will dutifully take down your orders all incorrectly. Don't even bother telling me because you're not getting what you ask for. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right it's like okay come on actor director huddle actor director director huddle all right so for this first scene you're all friends a party of five harland you're like a matthew fox character the eldest who accepts the responsibility of looking out after your party oh but you have a secret andrew you're a scott wolf type gorgeous yet troubled a former rebel who's taking the weight of the world on your shoulders Jamie, you are Nev Campbell, highly intelligent and emotionally sensitive. Oh. Jazz, you are like a Lacey Shabbert, a gifted musician who is struggling to make an identity for yourself. Anthony, you're like the baby brother. Just try to keep out of the way of the talents and stay out of the way. All right. You guys ready? 
What? No. <laughs> what, what am I again? <laughs> oh, didn't you read your uh, scripts? Scott Wolf? I have no idea who Scott Wolf is. <sighs> I'm going to get up to Harlan and be like, you're going to have to pull this through. I, like, just going to have to do it one time, baby. Uh, I, I've got a question. I've got a question. Yeah. So you said I'm like a, a, a struggling musician, but uh, is, does it matter what instrument I play? Anything you want. I mean, what is my anything I want? Beautiful. No, no. So it's like, so when I say you're like Lacey Shabbert, you're not actually like a 13 year old girl. You are playing fate, but you're internally, you're a gifted musician who's struggling to try to get an identity, like identity for yourself. Does that make sense? Ah, so fate the bard, but wizard. Okay, we'll yeah. see. And, and as this brother, you say, am I, what is my muse? What is my motivation to stay out of the way? Well, you're, um, let's see. In Party of Five, Owen was just always off to the side, not really heard from unless it was a really easy scene. So yeah, something like that. So you want me quiet? Yes. Yes. Mm. Baby quiet. Okay. I'm going to say, I've never seen Party of Five. Uh, <laughs> I've only seen Nev Campbell in the Scream movies. Uh, what was what was her role, Party of Five? Uh, let's not overthink this. <laughs> so both you and Harlan were in the fifth installment of two different movies? What? I was in uh, Bring It On Five, correct. Is Party of Five the fifth installment? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I thought it started with Party of One. Mm. <laughs> well, well, that wouldn't be a party. Okay. I think Morley's okay. on them drugs again. Yeah. Did, did, did we drug test before with the screening? Oh, oh, trust me. We wouldn't have anybody here in Austin if we drug tested. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. Guys, guys, don't tell my... Uh... Don't tell my uh, probation officer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Let's 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 re, let's recast here. Okay. The first scene is on the water. You five people are are fishing in the open ocean because that's what you like to do. And Todd is here to make a confession to Moyle. Harland. Yes. Um. You start <laughs> saying, "I don't want to have a baby." Now, Andrew, you respond with, "It looks like you're in trouble. Can I help?" And Harlan, you say, promise me you'll look after your mother. And Andrew says, wait, you know my mother? Are you guys ready? Uh, Joe, you guys are directed over by the lead grip to a a ladder, which leads up the side of the uh, above ground pool. A kind of a rope plank bridge has been set out from the edge of the pool to the small two-masted schooner, which kind of floats in the center. You guys are able to easily board the ship, uh, at which point the planks and ladder are withdrawn and you guys find yourselves gently rocking on the waves, ready for Cameron to call action. All right. So I have like a, just a quick question. I have like a cameraman and all those type of people, right? Yeah. Full, like full production set for you to call on to do whatever. Okay. And I would also like to motion for my incompetent team member that has all the breakfast to place the breakfast out so everyone can see it just right by the pool as well. All right, man. I'll get a, I'll get a table and I'll get that set up right for you, sir. And he scampers away to find a table and then lays it out as instructed. All right. All right. In the boat, you should have like fishing poles and all this kind of stuff. Harland, look off into the distance. You need to bring it. Ready? Action. You can say line if you don't know your line. <laughs> As I give my 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 blue st- my blue steel stare into the space, I go, Moyle, I think I'm your pappy. <laughs> it looks like 
it looks like your uh, uh, line line, please. Can I get a line here? Uh, it looks like you're in trouble. Can I help? It looks like you're in. Tr- nah, and uh, how do you want me to say that? Um, troubled. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It looks like you're in trouble. Can I help? Is, is that good? Is that good? Cameron? Meh, good enough. Okay. Real quick, guys. Everybody, just other than Cameron, give me a perception check. Uh-oh. Oh, I started with this already. What is a boat? I'm on a boat. Jazz rolled a three, so that's a six. It's been a while since I played, so I forgot where everything's at. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got a 25. Uh, Moyo got a 25. A nat 20. Uh, Harlan got a uh, Todd an eight. Okay, so uh, Jazz got a six. Anthony got an eight. Andrew, nat 20s. (laughs) Perception roll for a total of 25. Jamie with a seven. Yeah. And Harland with an eight. So uh, you guys are all caught up in the moment and are, are focused on Cameron's direction. Andrew, your mind wanders. We all know your mind wanders. You, you, it's one of the reasons your ADHD is one of the reasons why you started taking Ritalin recreationally in your 30s. But as your eyes kind of drift out across the water, barely listening to the direction you're getting from Cameron, you notice a large bulky shape moving under the water that begins to turn and head towards the boat. Uh, hey guys. Hey, uh, th- is there supposed to be something other than the boat in this tank? I mean, you No, dumbass. <laughs> like something big. I think this is just the special effects. Don't worry about it. I don't see anything. Oh, we've got like, we got animatronics in the water. How does that work without, I guess they did it in jaws too. Huh? Mm. Cool. Rookie. Didn't even know about the animatronics in the water. Guys, that's not... Animatronics don't move that fluidly. I've been to one of those banjo bars. Look, I've seen the bears play. That's not... I mean... That's not a bear. It's a little bit more advanced than that, I think. (laughs) I'm sorry, green suit guy. You know everything about animatronics? Uh, Look at me. I know the future of animatronics. (laughs) CGI. As he speaks, the dragon head flops back and forth atop his head, but the eyes do very creepily track and make eye contact with you the entire time while the mouth flops just slightly out of sync with the occasional puff of smoke, which smells vaguely of hash flitting out of its nostrils. Cameron, I believe Jazz just accused you of, of riffing on Spielberg. Oh, I'm going to I am going to kick his um breakfast into the into the tub. No. I was just about to try and fish my breakfast. And, and so Cameron just like anything else? All right. Action. Uh, it looks like it looks like you're in trouble. Can I help? Uh uh yes. Uh, something about your mother. Ah, I forgot my line. Sorry. <laughs> Why are we paying this man this much money? He's terrible. Oh, you guys feel a vague rumble as something impacts the bottom of the boat and moves on. <laughs> Talk about the motion in the ocean. Am I right? Uh, no, <laughs> no. Uh, uh, All right, uh, guys, guys. Did you guys feel that? That's what she said. <laughs> was that a thespian joke? Did that, did that come from a thespian over there? You guys felt that too? That's not withdrawal? <laughs> no, no I, I did feel I did feel it. All right, we're good. And now Cameron's like, I need someone to say, we need a larger boat. We need a larger <laughs> boat. We need a larger boat. <laughs> the boat rocks a second time. And now it's a little bit more conclusive that something definitely 
has rammed into it. And now like Cameron's like kind of jumping around. He's like, guys, 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 this is, this isn't like a really good animatronic. It's, it's not really doesn't work well. So I need you guys to try to really sell it, sell it like you're in danger. Don't try to don't smash it because we don't have another one. I need you to just try to keep the, the, whatever's going to happen, look as good as possible. And each really good stunt that you do, I will throw, throw in a bonus. Um, a bonus of gold jam is that probably applicable? Something. Go. Uh, I think. I think cash would be appropriate cash, for cash. Cash. Oh. oh wait, wait. Todd's heard the uh, bonus. Bonus, and he immediately wanted to go into an acrobatic check. I'm going acrobatic <laughs> check, guys. <laughs> let's do this at this point, guys. Since we're moving into a little bit more of an interactive stage, let's have you guys go ahead and roll initiative, um, so you guys can kind of take turns. Um, we'll say, Cameron, you act on initiative twenty every turn, um, and the animatronic will act um, on initiative one every turn, with the guys acting in between. I roll the. 13. Uh, 10. A nat 20 my initiative rule. You feel like you are on top of this, uh, Jazz, but then your insecurities of the fact and a little bit of an uh, imposter syndrome kicks in and you feel like it'd be rude to step on the director's toes. So you are actually going to go after Cameron each turn. So it'll go Cameron, Jazz, Harland, Jamie, Anthony, Andrew, and then the animatronic. Okay. So it's my mine first? Yeah, you're leading off. Okay, I'm going to, and so for my actions, I'm going to do directions to my crew. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. So the first one, I'm going to tell my my, uh, cameraman to give me a close-up of Harland. Do I need to roll? Nah, you see the cameras pan around and focus in on Harland as Todd the Tiefling. And I'm just like, perfect, perfect. Sell it, baby, sell it. Great. So immediately after that all gets set, I'm going to like do one of those overly exaggerated Power Ranger bad guy explosion jump roll tucks in the background of Harlan getting his close up. Yeah, give me an acrobatics roll for that. <laughs> yeah, that's a 14 plus 317. Uh, yeah, you're able to do some very 90s uh, wire foo maneuvers. <laughs> behind todd yeah todd you're up all right todd seeing the camera right in his face he gives it the look he turns it does a quarter turn with his face raises one eyebrow and (laughs) and says oh i think it's about to go down and as he says that he runs towards the mast of the ship and goes to do a swinging backflip and land in a fighting position not he doesn't know what he's ready to fight for but he's always ready to fight all right well go ahead and give me an acrobatic <laughs> roll there champ 15 <laughs> what the hell is a swinging backflip i look it took me six episodes to look up ninja roll and discover that harlan's been combat somersaulting yes. for most of the time. <laughs> so, you see todd saunter over to the mast of the ship and pretty much do a stripper swing around <laughs> like you know he probably did some dance training for mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. bring it on five and he might it was magic mike three yeah he might be confusing some of that dance training with the pole dancing lessons he took as part of that and that move does not come across as he as he wanted so that brings us to to jamie 
uh, Eldrin or Jamie uh, readies his arrow by uh, unsheathing it from his quiver, flips it in the air, and catches it before knocking it on his bow, ready to attack. Give me a sleight of hand roll for that one. 20. <laughs> it's a slick move. I'm not going to lie. You actually uh, flip two arrows out, catch one, tuck the one you didn't want to use back in your quiver, and the one you did want to use, you thread expertly onto your bow to ready your shot. Anthony? So, in an attempt to gain the spotlight, I start monologuing about cannons to the left <laughs> and cannons to the right as I pass in front of Todd. <laughs> and will end my turn in front of Todd, between Todd and the camera. <laughs> uh, Andrew. Bring it home. So uh, I don't realize that I'm on camera. I really think there's a whale there. <laughs> and I uh, grab my foam green two-handed sword or a two-handed hammer. And uh, I say, call me Ishmael. Do you hear a production assistant come from the backside? Sir, that's not your character name. Does somebody need to remind him? Bob, let's let's go ahead and have, as you for Cameron control the animatronic at this point. So to kind of give you some action options here, um, go ahead and roll three d ten for me. Is it kind of like do I have a, like a remote control, like an Xbox controller or something? Yes, yes, it, exactly. It looks, in fact, it looks exactly like a uh, Xbox controller that somebody has bolted on an extra large antenna to that has a weird piece of tin foil at the end of it. Okay, got to get that extra range. Yeah, and I, I think, can I do a free action as Cameron, just like uh, instructing someone to, uh, to write bonus checks for everybody? Absolutely. Bonus checks all around. <laughs> 17. You guys, you see the shape of the animatronic or go out to the edge of the pool, spin around a, a large, and I mean gigantic, shark fin crest the top of the water for a moment before going back under and slamming into the boat. This time you guys hear something crack. The boat shakes, and we're back around to Cameron again. While I'm kind of controlling it, I'm just really focused on uh, instructing my crew to get the best shots possible. We'll also be like just kind of yelling out encouragement, like, sell it, sell it, make some money, make some money, you know, the whole time. Is there anything that you particularly want the cast do from a blocking standpoint? Like, can somebody get close to the edge of the back? Uh, Jazz Fade hears this and immediately runs and gets gets up from his uh, from his tumble and runs up to the back of the ship near the look uh, to, to where uh, the, the harpoon is there and starts scout, uh, scouting the sea for the shadow of the whatever that fin is attached to. As you pass over the grating, which uh, drops down into the hole, Jazz, you can see a slight trickle of water starting to leak into the bottom of the boat. Uh, and then as you position yourself at the, at the rear of the vessel. Oh, I hollow that out. Hey, hey, um, how, how deep is this pool? Cause I think we're taking water. Uh, 40, 50 feet. I don't know. Wait, what? What? Harlan, that's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Direct the camera. And, um, I see you over there, uh, getting those computers putin. Um, what was that big thump that just happened? Uh, it's the animatronic. I don't know. Uh, we got it for uh, a deal. 
my contract, I don't think it stated anything about actually doing any water scenes. So if I'm going to be getting wet, I'm going to need someone to talk to my agent. You uh, you getting wet? Don't ever say it like that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Triggering Jamie. <laughs> At that moment, uh, Harland, a slight... comes in from your back pocket and you're almost embarrassed for a moment that you forgot to to leave your phone offset but you you pull it out and you look on it it's a text from your agent that just basically says look cameron's a bigger deal than you think your contract has been modified to to fit whatever he needs for the purpose of this production this is going to be huge we're talking revengers level money just play along all right all right that that is uh jamie you're up uh, I want to investigate the the grating to see if there's anything like more like happening down there because it seems troubling that this boat is like going to capsize. <laughs> if if you want to stay on the deck of the ship and just kind of look down through the grating, it would be a perception check. If you want to go down into the hold and kind of poke at it, then uh, you can spend your turn moving down there and, and give me an investigation. Yeah, I'm going to go down there and... Uh, and do an investigation check. Hey, give me a roll. 11. You can see on the, the port side of the ship, a number of planks have cracked inward as if impacted by a massive force. Um, there's a, a few slight trickles of water beginning to uh, run into the, the bottom of the ship. Great. And that's your turn. Uh, that'll bring us to Anthony. I wanted to like see if I could use my little feline speed to get down to the bottom of the ship. Yes. Okay. So yeah, I'll use my feline agility and run down to the bottom of the ship to check out what's going on. Give me a, give me an insight check real quick. Bam. Did you bam a six? You <laughs> <laughs> bammed a five, actually. Well, I, I bammed it when I clicked it, not when I saw what it was. <laughs> uh, he, he, he definitely bammed a six. Yeah. I'd be confident. Okay, I'll just check it. <laughs> nah, that's, that's a nat one, which is bonus, <laughs> which in the, in the world of nat ones, it's a nat one bonus unrelated. <laughs> Yeah, man. Totally cool. You uh, have done, been doing a lot of breathing exercises to prepare for your next stint uh, in a musical on Broadway. So the fact that you can move so fast and and are in a a level of athletic shape that one wouldn't normally pin on an aging Shakespearean actor doesn't doesn't even click with you. You just you just scamper on down in there quite spry. So you are down in the hold now with Eldrin. Okay. Um, But yeah, nothing nothing out of the ordinary. Or can I see the hole? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can see that you can see the impact of whatever's been hitting the the boat on the side and the slight trickle of water that's coming in. So I will put one hand in the air as if I'm talking to Juliet in the balcony and say, I will defend this boat from whatever is coming and I will ready in action to attack. Okay. Andrew? I will uh, head down to the galley and uh, I'm going to be disappointed because... This is a prop and there's no food on the ship. Yeah, there's a lot of cans with generic names on them like uh, Mulk and uh, Spim, but there's no actual actual food. It's all just empty prop canned food. So that'll bring us to the animatronic. Uh, Cameron, go ahead and give me a D6 
roll this time. Okay. Before I do that, can I do the bonuses? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So number one, I'm only going to give bonuses to... Uh, was it Jazz the only one that went to the back? Yes. Okay. And then um, any pre- people's breakfasts that go down because I don't do I have a cameraman down in the in the hold? Oh, well, no, you don't have a cameraman. Okay. But you guys have cameras set up down there, so you are you are capturing what's going on down there. You've got some. I, I'm going to probably um, kick Anthony's breakfast into the pool as well while doing this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So D twenty. Give me a D twenty roll. Yeah. Okay. Thirteen. Jazz, what what's Fate's fictional armor class? It says nineteen. They can't be right. I must still have like a mage armor on him. So, well, it, yeah, that would be right because I would have mage armor on me. So we're gonna go with nineteen. You don't have major armor on. I always have major armor. You did not call out mage armor. So it should be it should be fifteen. So in the um, in the fictional world that we're in right now, guys, when you guys go to cast a spell, think of the 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 very very well-known video of the LARPer going, <laughs> lightning bolt, lightning bolt. That is how you'll be casting and using your abilities because that's kind of the marker for them to be added in post. So, uh, Jazz, you see a massive shark crest out of the water and leap over the air heading towards you and it just didn't have the angle right so instead of crashing into the boat and biting you in half it free willies over the top of the boat uh, <laughs> but you do get a little tail slap as it goes not not any damage it's just really kind of insulting oh. before splashing on the other side of the water as I realize it's going over me I'm putting my hand up to touch it like free willy <laughs> and instead I just like rep, rep, slap it like I give its tail five as it goes by <laughs> Okay. <laughs> At this point, I think it's kind of fair to say that Jazz is out cool and Harland a little bit. Cameron, you're up. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like the whole time I'm just yelling, sell it, sell it, sell it. And then, but then like, I'm just sort of like, what's going, like, I'm obviously taken aback by that, that leap, right? And I'm looking at the controller, kind of going, you know, kind of shaking it. Like, what's going on here? And then. At this point, I, I yell to get a close-up of, of Jazz. Uh, Harlan, you hear the director focus the cameras on Jazz. You're up. I yell, he's not even in the screen guild. What is going on over there? <laughs> at, at this point, I, wherever the camera's at, I'm going. And I, run, I dash to where Jazz is at. So Jazz, was, uh, Jazz you were at the, uh, at the stern of the boat by those two ballistas, correct? Correct. And by the way, guys, those are total stage ballistas. They are just a single piece glued together, much like you would find at the edge of a castle at Disney World. They have 0.0 functionality. <laughs> um, but they look bitching. Um, cool. Then that brings us over to Jazz. So um, can Jazz see the fin of the giant shark anywhere? Yeah, after after cresting the boat and jumping, it hasn't submerged again. So it is headed towards the edge of the, edge of the tank, which is, uh, we'll say this whole tank is about 300 feet in diameter. So it is about 50 feet away from the boat right now, going to uh, turn around and head back at the boat on its next turn. Okay, so uh, Jazz is really getting into it and he's thinking to himself, man, this is so much nicer than all the time I spent playing with Muppets. Now, then he, turn, he sees Todd and he goes, Captain, there she is. You want me to take a shot? Waiting for an answer from Todd. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Taking a shot? Wait, what? 
at, at the shark. Did you, did you not see the shark? If you're going to wait for Todd to answer, then we're going to move to the next next in initiative. I'm ready in an answer from him to tell me to fire. Okay, moving on then. I don't want to say what the action is, though, until he says it. That's fine. Over to Jamie. Uh, so do I see the, the shark? Have I, did I see it? Nope. Not, not at all, right? You guys are down in the hold. You have no clue what's going on. Okay, so I'm, I run back up to the, the top deck and scan the the water because I heard a commotion going on up here and uh, I don't know like I, I want to see if I could see this this uh, fin off the starboard side about 50 feet away heading from you is the large dorsal fin of a giant shark animatronic giant animatronic shark uh, can can I uh, can I uh, yell hunter's mark and put my hunter's mark on it <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, with your, with your movement, you'd be able to do that as a bonus action. Roll a insight check for me. All right. Uh, 11. Okay. A guy up on the rigging, I'm sorry, a guy up on a, a kind of a lighting platform up above the tank pivots a spotlight over above the shark and flips it on. And it creates what looks like a, you know, kind of a projected arrow on top of it, uh, similar to the glowing arrow that would hypothetically mystically appear. Uh, so the uh, the visual effects guys will know in post where to make that appear. So you've got a guy kind of tracking it now with a spotlight that looks like the shape of the normal red glowing arrow that you're, or the red glowing arrow that has been described as Eldrin's Hunter's Mark in the uh, stage directions. All right. Uh, uh, I'm going to take a shot at the shark fin. Okay. Uh, let's see. So 21. Yes, a 21 will hit. All right. Uh, eight. And then, what is it? It's D6 for Hunter's Mark. It's another D6, yeah. Here's my D6. So eight and a four. Uh, so 12. Okay. Uh, you step up, stretch your bow out and fire. And look, you, you know, you're used to working with mocap uh, equipment mm-hmm. for the, the different FPSs that you've done in. And, and so you, you know how to fire a bow properly. And you're actually really surprised at how good this particular piece feels. I mean, you would normally think that the stage aerial would kind of fly off, but this arrow really goes and it really hits the tar- top of the shark fin and seems to stick in there a little bit. This looks, uh, looks a little dangerous for the, the kind of stage setting that you guys are in, but looks majestic as shit. <laughs> Anthony, that's you. Which side of the boat did I come down on? I don't remember which side. Yeah, there would have been a set of stairs closer to the starboard side at the stern of the boat. Since there's nobody down here, I'll I'll go back up to see what what other commotion is going on. You see uh, Todd and Jazz, I'm sorry, Harland and Jazz jockeying for position at the stern of the boat. Eldrin looking uh, out the starboard side at a retreating giant shark fin with an arrow sticking out of it. And that's pretty much all you see at this point. And we're aware that the basilisks aren't real? You're aware of the what? The, or the, the... Ballistas. Ballistas. Ballistas, that's what I was trying to say, not the basilisks. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you can ask Cameron if he wants you to do something with that to, that could be added and imposed. I mean, that's that's the call of the director. So you can kind of engage Cameron if you want to try and act something out with that. Actually, I'm going to. I actually, I'm going to talk to Cameron. Cameron, my my, I, I'm I'm still not getting my motivations. There's a shark. Uh, you said to be quiet. I don't know what am I supposed to be feeling right now. Cameron just yells at you, get in the shark's mouth, get in the shark's mouth. 
I, I, this, that doesn't sound like what Baba would do at all. Um, well, we need you to be saved. Remember, remember that one, that one small movie. I think it was named uh, Shark Mouth or something. And old fisherman gets like chopped. We don't want you to get chopped. Well, we want to make it dramatic, and so you can get saved. And then afterwards, you can give a monologue. How about that? Ah, ah, okay. And then at that point, I begin to approach the edge of the boat, like, but. I am drawing out like I'm falling, like I'm oh, oh, and like very unnecessarily dramatic, but not actually falling into the water. Okay, <laughs> cool. So uh, that brings us back to you, Andrew. Um, so I'm uh, I'm gonna grab my uh, brother hammers uh, out of uh, my the sides, the my hips of uh, off my green leotard. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to head to the, uh, the bow of the, the boat and uh, okay. uh, stand. On the starboard or port side? Uh, on the starboard side. I mean, it's like right okay. right on the bow. So, uh, like, I'm putting my foot up like uh, Captain Morgan. Okay. Cameron, you've got control of the animatronic shark. It is now pivoting back around and headed towards the boat. You can control it to slam in to the boat, or you can have it again, try to leap out of the water and attack. But actually, I think at this point, everybody is around the edge of the boat. So dealer's choice on this, on who you'd want to jump up at. Okay, so b- beforehand, I'm going to really slightly uh, whisper to somebody to dock Jamie's pay to pay for the damage to my shark. <laughs> <laughs> You got it. Sir. We'll get right on that. Yeah. And then two, I went to talk to my good PA and tell them to get uh, Anthony a good breakfast. Get him a good breakfast. And then I'm going to give the thumbs up. And then the shark's going to, because we, because we want to do that big dramatic thing with Anthony. Like he's, he's just kind of like kind of wandering there. So that's what the shark's going to do. Go and go for Anthony. Okay. Give, uh, give me a D20 roll. 16. Uh, Anthony, what is Baba's hypothetical armor class? 18. All right. So the uh, shark starts to leap up out of the water, Cameron, but right as it gets to the edge where it would chomp onto Anthony, it seizes up a little bit and then kind of slips back down into the water and then goes 50 feet away from the boat and turns around and starts heading back again. Uh, Now coming at the boat from the port side. What's happening here each turn is it's coming at the boat and then either slamming into it and going underneath it, coming out the other side, turning around and coming back or jumping up to try and get somebody. But it's alternating sides each turn, basically. So it was on the starboard side when Jamie fired an arrow to it, freezes up, sinks back into the water, goes underneath the boat over to the port side, loops around and is now headed back. And that brings us to Cameron's turn. Um, okay. So how, how's my, how's everything looking so far in terms of the shots? You know, you guys are, you guys are doing pretty good. The, uh, the guys have emoted out pretty well. I mean, I think you've got some good footage. I think uh, they're positioned the way that you want for kind of a drone shot. I know you guys, you have recently brought in a couple of guys to do, to kind of do drone, kind of swirling drone picks above it. But if you want to give them some additional direction or a few additional lines or motivation, because one thing they're doing, they all appear to be acting individually. They haven't come together as like a cohesive team yet. So you might want to try and push them in that direction. Okay. So I'm going to start. Yeah. Um, Let me see. Guys, guys, I need a motion. All in one day, you've lost a friend, gamed the stepfather and lost that stepfather. Let's continue on. Everybody get into that shark. Anthony, get into his mouth. Guys, you are a party of five. <laughs> oh, right. 
So um, with that, um, Jazz turns to uh, Harlan Tide and is still asking for direction from his captain. Captain, what are your orders? Director? Uh, well, fire, fire. That's what my direction of fire, sir. You shoot at him. All right. Jazz, you know, positions the ballista towards the fin and goes pew, 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 and fires off magic missile. The ballista doesn't pivot. Uh, doesn't even turn. Well, whatever. I still fire off magic missiles, so you're going to have to fix it in post. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. What you, you would have to yell magic missile, magic missile, however many you're throwing. Yeah, three. Three of them. Magic missile, magic missile, magic missiles. All right. Roll a insight check for me. There it is. Did he break the ballista? Yeah. I mean, if you want to try and, and, and like really force it to make it pivot, just give me a, an athletics check. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah, because why not? All right. Go for it. Uh, athletics. That's a 16. Yeah. So jazz, un- uncharacteristically athletically for jazz, not <laughs> jazz personally, but the character he's supposed to be playing, leans into the ballista and you hear a creaking and popping as a combination of plywood and particle board <laughs> scrape against each other and you <laughs> twist this model ballista into place, invoke your magic missile spell and see a PA take a laser pointer and click onto the shark. Three times, four times, how many times is the shark getting clicked? Three. Okay, so for eight hypothetical points of damage. Todd, this is your actual turn now. Uh, hey, hey, Director, what am I doing again? What, what's going on? What is this? There's a shark going on. What? What? What's? I need a little direction to go around. It's a struggle against nature, Harlan. I need you to go in. Just re- remember, remember the dance off and bring it on five. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was one of my toughest scenes. I mean, just like that, you're the scrappy, the scrappy kid from Brooklyn, and you're trying to dance your way into this elite gymnastics team. Same sort of thing. Go out and go punch that shark in the mouth. Go get it. Hand-to-hand combat is kind of my thing anyway. So with that direction, I'm doing a, a dive into the water. Okay. First of all, do an athletics check real quick for me. Let's just confirm you can in fact swim. It's a real easy DC. Let's get us swim. swim. I'd like to check for my insurance policy as Cameron. <laughs> you make on eye contact with the onset representative and they lock eyes with you and they shake their head back and forth. That is a hard no. Just silently, they look at their clipboard and that is just a, a grim look. Uh, Harland, you, you step up to the edge of the boat, uh, spread your arms out in the, uh, in the Christ pose, leap up into the air, arc beautifully, dive into the water, zero splash. And as the cold and chlorinated water of the tank hits your nostrils, you remember, oh shit, I can't swim. I just forget I can't swim. <laughs> I just all of a sudden just can't swim. I forget. Now you are close enough to the boat that if you give me a decent acrobatics roll, I'll let you scramble over and grab onto the side of the boat. But you will be in the water, clinging to the side of the boat, and that'll be the end of your round. 21 on the acrobatics roll. Okay. You, uh, you are able to doggy paddle your way, uh, quite frantically, to grip onto the side of the boat. And that will bring us to uh, yeah, Jamie's turn. So Jamie shakes his head in disgust at Todd's horrible fucking uh, show of athleticism and swimming and uh, leans over the side of the boat to give him a hand up uh, and just gives him a, a look like you fucked up, man. <laughs> So what we're going to do here is we're going to do an opposed athletics check. All right. 
because I can pull him down. <laughs> there's a slight chance that because of the weight and because of the, the like the I mean, this isn't a huge boat. I mean, it looks it's lighter than it looks. It starts to tilt a little bit as you kind of go to that side. So you guys give me a opposed athletics checks and let's see what happens here. 17. 20. Oh. <laughs> 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 JB, you very good naturedly go over there to uh, to pull Harland up, but he ends up, he's a little flustered, he's a little panic, ends up pulling you into the water. I'll let you, without an acrobatic stick, grab onto the side of the boat since you're, you're right there with him. Uh, so you guys are now both in the water, clinging to the side of the boat for this round. Great. Uh, and that'll bring us to Anthony. Fucking God! As I'm, I'm twirling like I'm going to fall off of the boat, and just as I'm about to fall off the boat, I stop and I think, but Cameron, don't cats hate water? Why would I jump into the water? <laughs> this makes no sense. I don't, I don't... We're going to need to rethink this character. At, at this camera, it's like, get those people out of the water. We're not covered for this. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. And so at that point, I try and help one of them get out of the water. All right, which one are you helping? Uh, who's closest? <laughs> Aww. Well, no, you know what? I, I'm, I'm helping, I'm helping, uh, I'm helping Jamie. Yeah. They're both uh, on the port side clinging to the side of it. So, okay. Give me a opposed athletics check because I would, I would feel like a dick if I didn't make you guys do that after I made Harlan and Elden direct. <laughs> Ooh, 18. <laughs> 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 oh, it's gonna be too funny. <laughs> so, with your eight, you go over and le- and like it's because of the Nicola and the shield, and you're trying to figure out what to do with them and where to put them. And Jamie is a little bit more than flustered with the situation that Harlan has created, as is typical. <laughs> and you go over the side as well, and are now clinging to the edge of the boat. Andrew, you are up. Uh, so, with uh, brother hammers in each hand, I. Uh, with a running start, jump off the bow of the boat into the mouth of the shark and uh, start playing the shark's teeth <laughs> like a xylophone. <laughs> yeah, I will say you absolutely can jump off the side of the boat, swim out towards the shark, and throw your hammers or one of your hammers at it. Okay, I'll roll an athletics check. <laughs> and I got a 13. How far do I get to the shark? You're, I mean, you get a good 25 feet away from the boat, so you will be the first thing the shark could possibly intercept. And that's, I guess that's my turn. No, I mean, you can roll to hit the shark. Oh. If you want, if you want to throw your hammer at it. Five. Yeah, that's a, that's a nat one there, champ. <laughs> Try to really inflate myself there. <laughs> Think about the mechanics of trying to hold a hammer in each hand, tread water, and throw a hammer. So as you go to throw it, you actually dip underwater and kind of abort the action and then kind of start treading water again. So they can't tell too well that I'm um, taking on water because all they can see is the head of the the dragon. That is correct. Yeah. The Moyle dragon head starts tooting out a little bit of extra smoke, like a, a little puff, 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 and then a longer line of smoke and then a longer line of smoke and then a longer line of smoke and then a little puff, puff, puff alternatingly. Cameron, that's the animatronics turn. Andrew is a little bit further away from the boat, treading water. And then you have three of your cast members clinging to the side of the boat and Jazz standing. So 
You can uh, have the shark attack Andrew, have the shark ram into the boat where the three guys are, which is a twofer because it'll hit the boat and them potentially or do another free willy at Jazz. Okay, so I'm not going to look at the insurance person. I'm going to really kind of, I'm going to yell out like, look out guys, look out, but also kind of slowly like uh, move the animatronic to ram into the three guys and kind of look at the mic, you know, like my cameraman and be like, make sure you get this, okay? The drone swooping, give me a to hit roll. So the to hit roll will be against their armor class. The three of you that he's rolling against It'll determine whether or not you're able to get out of the way and kind of sidle along the side of the boat like a little kid sidling along the edge of a pool. Um, The boat's going to take damage no matter what, though. So go ahead and give me a a d20 roll first. 13. Does that hit any of my guys that are in the water? No, no. So you guys are able to, oh, God, because you can see the fin coming and kind of scooch to the left and scooch to the right and get out of the way. Uh, go ahead and roll 3d10 for me, though, Cam, so that we can we can look at how the boat the boat's doing. Look out, guys! Look out! Fourteen. You guys hear another loud crack and popping, and the boat begins to take on a little bit, a little bit more water as it has been hit in the same place multiple times now. Um, it's still in okay-ish shape. You're definitely not getting your deposit back, though. Cameron, that is your turn. It's my deposit. Yeah, I'm just going to focus on getting the best shots right now. Is is the shark just kind of like lodged in the in the boat? No, it would have it would have slammed into the side and then slid underneath the bottom. Okay, going out on the starboard side now to loop around and hit come back at the ship from the starboard side. So this next round, unless like Jazz, or I'm sorry, yeah, Jazz moves over to the starboard side, or uh, the guys manage to climb back up on the boat and move to the starboard side, you're really just going to have the option of hitting the boat. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to be like, I need something amazing, guys. I need something amazing for the uh, finale. Gives us to uh, Jazz. What are you doing? It comes to me. Jazz is just bewildered by this whole thing. And he looks over to the director. Uh, Sir, I I, got to say, I'm I'm sorry, uh, but I'm just, I feel like I'm a little out of my league. You know, I really just did a lot of, a lot of emotive reading. And I just, I I, I felt like I was doing good before, but now I'm just kind of lost. Um, are we all planning to die in this? Is this the final climactic ending where we all die? Do I need to jump in the water with them? And, and so at this, like Cameron looks irritated and he kicks Jazz's breakfast into the pool. <laughs> ha, ha ha. Joke's on Cameron. He already kicked Jazz's breakfast in the pool. Oh, shoot. <laughs> he has a PA swim out. Bring it back and put it on top of a... So he can flip it into the water a second time. Then I guess then Cameron goes, get in the water. Ooh, okay. That's probably not safe for fate. Fate is going to cast web on the side of the boat to give the rest of the team easy way up. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, roll an insight check for me. We keep doing these checks and they keep scaring me. Insight check. Uh, I got a, there it is, 14 total. So you see a guy walk out into that same large kind of over scaffolding and wa- uh, rigging walkways that are high up at the top of the soundstage and drop like a rope net from the, the ceiling, which falls down and claps and manages to just stick on as if magnetized to the side of the boat. Yeah. So you guys are in the water will have advantage on your athletic checks to climb out the next round. Harlan, that's your turn. I guess I'm just I'm trying to climb out this boat now since I can't swim. I found that I I remember I can't swim. So I'm going to try to climb out this boat. Right, give me a athletics check 
at advantage. 22. You are able to scamper up the boat. And since you rolled above a 20, I'll say if you want to use some movement to go over to the starboard side and do something with the shark, you can. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go over there and let's attack this shark with my crossbow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've got a hand crossbow. Okay. Roll an insight check for me. Insight check rolled. 19 with them. Yeah. So, Todd, you reach into your pocket and pull out a hand crossbow. And for a moment, Harland, you question, like, wait a minute, how the hell did I fit a hand crossbow in my pocket? But it doesn't matter. You've got it. Now take a shot at your shark. Oh, yeah. Shark, take this shit. 21. Ooh. That'll hit. Roll damage. A poor shark. Deduct that from his paycheck. You got it, sir. <laughs> I don't have any idea why your good assistant is a newsie from the 1950s, but he is. <laughs> one. I guess it's one. Yes. <laughs> wait, wait, no. Let me ask a question. What is the hand crossbow supposed to do? Because it's, it, the damage type just says one. It doesn't say D10. doesn't say fire. just says one. Oh. It sounds like somebody didn't put the hand crossbow incorrectly into roll 20 is what it sounds like. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. This is why... This is why we record three-hour episodes. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I like how this game is prefaced on one who has no clue how to play the game is so idiotic in how to play the game. <laughs> We've been doing this almost a year now, and you have had a copy. I just got the hidden crossbow. I just Did you just get the, the reference book that you could have used to get the information from the hand crossbow? Reference book? <laughs> What? You know what? Like you have access to a copy of the player's handbook. Don't play. Don't play like you don't, man. Listen. Let's just say that the audience doesn't know that. Let's <laughs> so that is one d six piercing. So one d six plus your dexterity bonus. Although, and I'm being nice here because you know you would be able to do your sneak attack. Even with a range, okay, so I'm still trying to... So you'll do 1d6 plus your dexterity bonus plus your sneak attack damage. Sneak attack, motherfucker. So all together, 12. You know, you can see some tears in the the rubber skin and some of the mechanisms underneath at this point. I mean, it definitely, you guys definitely aren't getting your deposit back. It is, it is worse for wear. Can I ask Harlan to look into the um, camera and give me just like a, I need something like a cool, like slogan or something, right? I need a look. Absolutely. All right, Harlan, baby, give me something. Guess I'm having shark fin soup tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's a star. That's a star. Okay, cool. That brings us to Jamie. Uh, so I'm still on the side of the boat. Still on the side of the boat. Give me a athletics check at advantage. If you get over 20 on one of the rolls, I'll let you move to the other side of the boat and take an attack as well. Oh, fuck me. Five and a nine. Uh, you you don't want to leave the bow in the water. I mean, that's the bow that you used for the mocap for uh, the game that you're working on at Wii the Eyes of Eldrin. So you kind of fumble a little bit and you are still in the water. Okay. Uh, and that will be your turn. Great. That brings us to Anthony. All right. So I'm going to try and get out of the water as well. You said it's athletics? Athletics, yep. At advantage. Seven and 11. The 11 is enough to get you up over the side of the boat, but not enough to let you do anything else at this point. Again, kind of the same situation that caused you to fall in in the first place. You don't want to use, lose your Yikola and shield. Uh, that is the Yikola you use to perform Macbeth at the Royal British Theater. So you don't want to leave that thing floating in some kind of skanky tank 
down at a two-bit Austin, Austin, Texas movie startup. Um, But you are able to get out and get on the boat. So when I get out and get on the boat, I want to do like this animal kind of like shake my fur off type of type of shake just to add more depth to the to the role. Give me an insight check. Those have been great today. That was an eight. <laughs> you uh, managed to shake off the water. It feels like the prosthetic cheeks that they've kind of got glued onto you might be a little bit loose, but nothing there where you need to have it adjusted. Probably need to get it touched up before the next scene. Moyle, that's you. You are floating on the uh, 25 feet away from the boat. The shark has just passed underneath the boat, so will be uh, have the choice of either attacking you or turning around and slamming into the boat the next round if you don't do anything. Okay, so I'm, I'm treading water and uh, I'm starting to go down. And uh, first I'm pawing at the surface uh, with my, or at the water with my uh, hammers in hand, like I'm ice climbing, but about to sink. And uh, then I realized, why do I have these hammers? I'm about to fucking die. So I dropped them <laughs> and then I'm like, I gotta get the rest of these fucking hammers off of me. Uh, real quick, give me an insight check. A nine. Yeah, you're totally okay with dropping your hammers. <laughs> Actually, I get rid of all of my hammers, but I can't get the darn uh, head off, dragon head off. But uh, I'm able to get enough weight off of me to uh, swim up and I just get on my back. Okay, so are, do you want to just kind of float or do you want to try and get back towards the boat? Um, I'm exhausted and I'm, uh, I'm just looking up at the, uh, the lighting rig and I'm just thinking, what am I doing with my life? What, uh, what brought me to this situation? And, uh, comically I take the cigar out of the head's mouth and put it back in. Like it's the one, uh, thinking. Yeah, no, that's, that's perfectly appropriate. Cameron, that is the shark's turn. Uh, you can either, uh, attack Moyle or slam into the port side of the boat. Actually, you should be able to, um, if you want to free Willie and try and get Baba, he is within the uh, the, atta- the the splash zone as well. Okay, I think I would like um, the shark to kind of do a dive mm-hmm. a little bit and then kind of come up towards Moyle to get it from above, you know, like that, like a great white shark and like one of those seals in South uh you know, uh, South Africa. Wow. So it's just going to continue to build up speed and it's just going to be, it's uh, jaws just open and it's going right for, for the Moyle character. All right. Roll the hit. So is that B20? Yeah. A D20. Eight. Uh, Andrew, what's, uh, what's your hypothetical armor class? 15. And it's a, it's a beautiful, graceful setup, but right as the shark goes vertical, it again, kind of does that thing where it seems to short out a little bit and lock up before resuming its normal patrol path of passing under the boat and turning around to come back at it from the starboard side. Uh, and that brings us back around to your actual turn, Cameron. Okay, I'm going to take the controller and kick it as far as I can. <laughs> can I do like an athletics check on this? Yeah, give, yeah, give me an athletics check to see how far you punt it. Is it a d20? Yes, another d20. Okay. Three. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I try to kick it and I just fall on my ass. <laughs> just. You fall on your ass and a, a one of your PAs dutifully picks it up, punts it to the other side of the studio and then hands you a brand new controller that they had at the ready. This doesn't appear the first time that Cameron has reacted this way to equipment that's being difficult. All right, I'm done. <laughs> and everyone studiously doesn't make eye contact with you for the next 30 <laughs> seconds. Jazz, you're up. Okay. So everybody's out of the water. No, no Eldrin's still in the water. Jazz is going to extend a hand down and tell him to take my strong hand. 
<laughs> he's gonna help Elgin come on up. You really want to do this? <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> We've got the web. We've got the web. With the web, I will say, Jazz, you get to roll the opposed athletics check at advantage, and Eldrin, you just roll flat. Okay. We want Jazz to have a slight advantage to because you're stabilizing yourself on the on the web. Yeah, damn it. All right, it's a 12. 12 for, for Jamie. And I rolled a something. Nat 20, baby. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> you do that total... Kung Fu pulling you out of the water where he flies up into the air and is actually kind of suspended there for a couple of seconds before dropping onto the deck. Like you pull him straight up into the air, hold him up for a second, and then he comes down uh, and is actually dry with that. <laughs> that somehow you managed to dry him off. There. And that brings you to you, Todd. And uh, look, man, I'm going to be straight up with you. The PBS dude is making you look bad. PBS? Pro Bowl? <laughs> Jazz's previous job was working for Literature Spectrum on PBS. This is his first actual real acting gig and certainly his first action movie. Oh, how did, I wonder how he dried him off so fast. I mean, friction force. I thought it was it a, was it blowing? Oh, it was like a, a a weird blow job he might have given him. <laughs> wow! <laughs> <laughs> so, I was just wanting to know, but I'm going to take fire with my crossbow at the the beast. Will a nine hit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a nine. You sink your nerf dart crossbow bolt into the water to the left of the shark. Ah, damn it, <laughs> Eldrin, you are. Uh, shark, shark is coming at the boat from the starboard side. Todd, I'm going to say you moved over to the starboard side to take your shot. Eldrin, you can move up next to him and take your shot as well. Okay, Eldrin uh, first turns to fate and gives him the nod as a thank you for helping me get off the side of the boat and then uh, runs to the side uh, next to uh, Harland and uh, yells out, uh, Planer Warrior, Planer Warrior, Planer Warrior. Okay. And then, uh, then uh, draws his uh, bow back and arcs the shot towards the shark. And I got a 21. <laughs> That'll absolutely hit. Give me an insight real quick before you roll damage. 21. All right. Eldrin, and I do mean Eldrin, you stand there for a moment. And as you draw your bow back, a crackling cascade of force energy pours forth from the extraplanar realm from which you typically draw it, encasing your bowstring and arrow with the bolt that you'll fling out towards this shark. It streaks forward and blasts into the front of the shark. But then you're back to Jamie and it's just, dude, it is just like Hank from the goddamn Dungeons and Dragons cartoon from when you were a kid. (laughs) Roll damage. (laughs) What the rest of you see, uh, because Jamie, you saw some glowing shit streak out from you, Bo. The rest of you guys see that similar laser pointer, click, 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 PA, uh, click onto the shark. I do one of those Keanu Reeves, whoa, uh, as I see it. So we got 15 total. Oh, my beautiful shark. Jamie, something seems to happen with the laser pointers. Maybe it hit an internal motor or something. But when your prop arrow hits the front of the shark, it crushes in a chunk of where the shark's skull would be. It looks a little bit caved in, just like the vision after he gets the mind gem pulled out of him (laughs) during Infinity War, which is a reference I can totally make now because we're all in the real world. (laughs) It's in rough shape. It is pretty brutally busted. And for a minute, you go, that's coming out of my check. (laughs) But it is headed back to you guys. And that brings us to Anthony. How close is the shark to the edge? I mean, it goes 50 feet movement. So I'll say about probably 20 feet at this point, coming towards you on the starboard side of the boat. 
So I couldn't, I couldn't like jump attack it or anything. If you'd want to appeal to Cameron for a uh, wire foo setup rig real quick to do some kind of big giant leap towards the shark, I would let Cameron do an arcana roll to see if he could have that lowered from the ceiling. Okay, so Cameron's totally into this. He needs a good finale. So a d20? Yeah, give me a d20. You're trying to get over a 10 here, basically. He gets plus two. Because <laughs> I do actually have stats for Cameron. I don't make this. Can I kick something? Yes. Well, you can kick something no matter what. You've got a plus three to intelligence rolls. So yeah, that'll actually push it over to 11. Oh, so you yes. are able to wave a guy up on that rigging up top and they are able to drop a wire foo rig down to Baba. Okay. Okay. So upon that being attached, I then look into the camera and say, I'm angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. And I rage and then jump off the edge of the boat and attack the animatronic. Mm-hmm. Let me turn on rage. Anthony, and I know this is going to get a little method, but talk me through what Anthony uses as his method for Baba's rage. What what scene would he put himself back to as an actor? So I think right now he's like channeling his inner Tybalt as he's imagining this the outrage of, of the relationship between Romeo and Juliet and as this sense of, of wrongness and the quarrel that is within him is just welled up. Very nice. And can I also reckless attack on this? Uh, it's, it, feels, it, feel, it feels reckless. Oh, it is reckless. <laughs> my friend. You go for it. You give me a reckless attack. And we get a 20. All right. That 20. Give me an insight check real quick before you roll damage. Three. Okay. The wire foo harness kind of chafes a little bit as it <laughs> kicks in, but you feel it carry you across the waters. You land right on top of this massive giant shark, just right past where Eldrin has dented in the animatronics and uh, roll damage. And we get a 12 total damage. Oof, this thing is, sparks are starting to now shoot out the side of it. It looks like if somebody sneezes on it, it is going to uh, completely shut down. Can I sneeze? Uh, Unfortunately, no, that's the end (laughs) of your turn. And that brings us back to Moyle. Now, the good news is you knocked the shit out of it. The bad news is you're now on top of the shark that is prepped to go underneath the boat to do its lap back around. So we'll deal with that on the shark's turn. But right now... Andrew, you're up. Um, so I'm uh, doing, I'm on my back and I'm doing angel wings, <laughs> like float, float, floater. Like it's not, not a backstroke, you know, it's just kind of like pushing myself through the water on my back. And, you know, with my head up, looking at the uh, scaffolding and I'm thinking, uh, what am I doing here? Well, buddy, the money is good and you're on your fourth wife. And at this point, you've learned that keeping her happy is cheaper than a divorce lawyer. Plus, this role is a godsend after your last onset antics. Got you blackballed by most of Hollywood. And uh, I float over to the uh, ship and feel my uh, dragon head bump into the starboard stern. Did, did, did somebody kick on their, their Actors Guild app? Did y'all hear that? Yes. What's the a, what's a game score? The Knicks won. What? Sorry. That's great, guys. I'm sure some, one of you have got five bucks on the Knicks in the on-site betting pool. <laughs> Let's focus up. So, Andrew, give me a quick, uh, uh, during this introspection, this this deep peer inward, give me an insight check. And I roll a 21. Okay. Moyle, as you float on your back, looking inward, thinking about the life that you've led, the women that you've paid to love, and the drugs that you've taken, it juxtaposes with the life of Andrew, who during the, the mid-90s was at the 
peak of his game until just a massive combination of cough medicine, heroin suppositories, what? and <laughs> Red Bull caused his career to come crashing down. And you gaze inward into the abyss, a man that looks shockingly like Jerry Garcia, except with the face of tentacles and a pair of giant green wings, stares back out at you. And a you know this figure you know it's Rala Shaw's and then it, you snap back to bumping up against the boat do you want to climb back up the boat yeah yeah all right give me a give me just a athletics roll roll a 10 yeah that's enough you only needed a 10 to get up so you scamper back up the side of the boat and then that brings us to the shark's turn all right so Cameron you've got the shark it's coming at the starboard side of the boat you've got Baba on top of the shark uh-huh. um, you can either attack Harland or Jamie, or you can make the shark go underneath the boat and try and scrape Anthony off the back. So I, I imagine it's in pretty rough shape, right? Yeah, it, I, this thing, I wouldn't recommend ramming it into the boat at this point because it definitely would push the boat past its threshold, but it would also probably shut down the shark. Cameron's still incredibly angry and he just jams the, the controller. And so I would like, if possible, to, with the last burst of energy, just go towards the ship with Anthony on top and then try to do a free willy right at somebody on the deck. Okay. Like, in, like, a, like a kamikaze mission. Give me a roll. Oh, damn it. Come on, guys. Come on. Just for the shark. 19. Oh, okay. So uh, this is what we'll do. Yeah, the shark streak towards the boat, gaining speed. Anthony, you grip onto it and are being pulled along like one of the dolphin riders at SeaWorld. It bursts out of the water like a graceful animatronic dying Shamu and flops towards Jamie and Harland. What I'm going to have, Jamie, Har- you and Harland give me dexterity saving throws and whoever rolls lower is potentially going to be the one getting hit. Because oh. you guys are going to try and both jump out of the way. One of you is not going to make it. 16. 19. Oh. Bob, give me a... I'm not going to say this is the same amount as a bite. Give me... Uh, roll 2d10 for me. Oh boy. 13. Jamie, this shark flops down on top of you. And I mean, look, there's no way, a nice way to say it. It crushes you. You manage to put your arms up in time and it falls back onto your back. You feel a couple of your ribs creak and at least one of them probably has popped. Uh, if we were to rate the average human's health in points, we would say you are taking about 19 points of those damage. Hmm. <laughs> And then the, the shark sputters and craps out and dies. And then the camera's going to go, cut. That was great. A PA comes up to you, Cameron, and whispers in your ear, uh, uh, Mr. Cameron, sir, we've got the, uh, the backlock ready for the, uh, uh, for the landing scene. If you, want to, uh, if you want to get your guys off the boat and move them back to the, uh, the landing vehicle. We will uh, get everything set up for you guys when you get out there. Okay. So I'm going to just like be snapping and be like, come on, guys, come on, guys, come on, guys. And like trying to usher everybody into the next, into the next boat to get into. Right. It's another landing craft. Fucking dying, man. (laughs) Yeah. Come on, guys. Time is money. Time is money. I've only rented this from Robert Rodriguez for one day. I don't have that much time. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Cameron issues you out of the back of this soundstage into a large back lot for the studio. You guys are loaded up onto a different boat, but this one is more more like a troop carrier. You know, think storming the beach at Normandy, one of those land, beach landing vehicles. Um, you're on there with about six extras uh, dressed up in kind of peasant 
armor. They've got um, some spears and some bows. One guy is just totally stoked to to be with you. Cameron, do you want to set up this this next scene? Yeah. Okay. So first, Cameron's going to take uh, one of those really nice breakfast sandwiches and give it to Jazz and give him like a give him a like a wink. Be like, you're going to be a big star someday, son. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And then he's just going to look at Harlan and be like, hmm. And then, all right, guys. So here's the thing. You guys are a part of an elite, elite soldier unit and you are hitting this beach. So you guys, this boat's going to hit the beach. The landing gear is going to go down and you guys just rush. And so just keep the, keep the speed up. Um, you're going to see some stuff coming at you, you know, dodge it, whatever. If, if one of you guys gets, you know, like pretends like you get, you know, like hit by something and that you're wounded, I'll give you an extra bonus check of, of about, let's say a thousand dollars. Any questions? This sounds a lot like saving private Ryan's opening scene. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. This is not, this is not another Spielberg film, <laughs> guys, guys, seriously. Okay. This, this is, this is something I wrote myself. Look, I did Holiday. This is, I can do this movie, guys. So are, are we, any questions? What's, uh, what's my motivation? Am, are we the goodies or the baddies? You're the goodies. The baddies are oh. in those pillboxes up there that are gray, but do not resemble any other movie that you have seen. And and what are we getting fired on with? Arrows? Is it just arrows? You see them wheeling up the catapults and the uh, row of archer extras are in place at the end of the, the beach. You guys get loaded in the vehicle and you can get begin to get kind of a visual perspective on this beach. And it is this long strip of sand that is littered with arrows. And somebody has built a pretty impressive dragon corpse. But then there is a scattering of shields and, and swords, a couple of patches of fire. And up on the ridge, you can see several, let's call them pillboxes, coastal forts, uh, uh, with a number of archers and a couple of catapults that will be facing towards you prop catapults. I mean, guys, we know this is a movie. Right. And then to the right of it, you can see kind of a red flag posted into the ground. So your your goal here is going to be to move across the beach a certain distance each round to to get to the flag. But you don't want to just walk straight down to it. I mean, where's the theater in that? Yeah, zigzag. Look out after the extras. If an extra falls down, try to save them. If like, don't worry about these arrows. And I like grab one of the arrows and I just like hit it against my hand. And it's obviously a fake arrow. It's like, don't worry about it. You know, just just sell it. Right. You guys are all part of the elite. Let's call it Ranger team that's hitting the beach of something called uh, normal D. And yeah, everything's fine. So you guys load up into the boat and uh, there's not like a ton of water. There's only about 20 feet of water. Five or six uh, set technicians push the boat and it kind of floats forward. Cameron, you need to call action whenever you're ready. Oh, yeah. Am I like in the boat or by the pillboxes? You tell me where you want to be. You can be in the boat. You can be in the pillboxes. You could be on a camera crane overlooking the battlefield. Um, I don't know if you guys have the budget for a helicopter no. in this particular production, but you could make a call. Yeah, I think a crane. I want to be like maybe in a crane to the side, to the right hand side. Okay. They pull up the camera crane truck and elevate you up. So you're looking down over the battlefield from about midfield. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to direct the shot to start off with jazz. Yes. We're going to go through the same initiative order too, guys. So, so start with jazz, pull out and then action. Port side, stick, starboard side, stick, move fast and clear all these murder holes. 
I want to see plenty of beach between men. Five men's a juicy opportunity. One man's a waste of a fireball. Keep the sand out of your asses. Keep those actions clear. And I'll see you on the beach. Move, move, move. The extras that you guys have, have gotten to know pretty well, kind of between takes, they're all local Austin guys who uh, have been, you know, kind of doing the, the bit part actor bit for a while. One guy is actually an accomplished stuntman that has worked in a ton of productions and just got done telling you the story about the time that he was on Monster with Charlize Theron. And as you guys storm the beach, that guy that you were just talking to, the guy, I mean, you guys had made plans to have lunch with him later, takes an arrow to the face and his head just pops like a watermelon. Harlan, that's your turn. Oh, shit. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Is that guy dead? Did, that, did, did y'all see what I just saw? Keep rolling, keep rolling. Wait, wait, no, no, is he dead? Do you want to investigate the corpse? I mean, there's a there's a headless body lying next to you. The other guys have scampered down, down to the beach and appear to be sidestepping and trying to dodge out of the way of the uh, arrows and boulders that are flinging through the air. So we're, you all, we're just all cool with this. I guess I'm running. I guess I am running in a serpentine pattern towards the right. Where did we come in at? We came on the left. So you guys are down at the bottom of the beach. You, you guys are all aligned. Mm-hmm. We're going to say this is from south to north. The southernmost portion of the beach, about midway through, there is a big red dragon corpse laying on the field, which is really the only cover in between you guys and the pillboxes up on the ridge and the flag, which is kind of your marker. There's that one other red flag kind of out in the middle that looks like it would be a good point to post up and, and take a scene. It's 150 feet from where you're at to that that red flag. What are these little things? It's like a rock. Those are the shields. Or shields? It's a shield. Those are shields. Yeah, those are bloody shields and swords. Okay, not something I would be able to hide behind. You could crawl under, right? Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to kind of crawl and hide underneath it, if you think that's in Todd's character, Harland, you certainly could crawl and hide. Well, listen, it's an open field of arrows. That's also not Todd's thing, but whatever. Uh, I'm going to run serpentine pattern as far as I can go on one turn, but moving towards the right. Okay. Moving towards the dragon. Your movement speed's about 30. All right. You could use your cunning action as your bonus action to dash, which would give you a full 90 feet of movement, which would put you a little bit over halfway up behind that dragon corpse. But it would also mean that you're by myself by yourself and effectively out of the scene no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i mean you can ask cameron if that's what he wants i mean he's the director i mean you might you know ask him what he wants you to do if 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 there's something that you're particularly looking for hey uh director is there a goal for us are we are we going towards the dragon away from the dragon what are we doing uh, stay as close of a group as you can so we can get all, get all of you in a shot and continue to advance up to the beach to the pillboxes and take the pillboxes. So, Arlen, you know one of your big sponsorships is hashtag run life. <laughs> and you do quite a bit of running and you know you're faster than these guys. So for them to keep up, you would just use a regular move action and move up 30 feet. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go 30 feet. I kind of want to try to use the dragon for cover. So I kind of want to move in the direction of the dragon. Okay. Yeah, you can you can do that. You can kind of head over towards the eastern side of the beach as you as you go up. Cameron, real quick, g- give me a D4 roll real quick. Two. So twice during this round, you're going to roll a D20 after somebody's turn, your choice, and we'll see what happens. Okay. Oh boy. 
then that's going to bring us to Jamie. Uh, so I'm I'm feeling kind of shitty after getting a giant mechanical shark landing on me, and I turn to Andrew and I say, "Hey, man, do you got anything to like, you know, take the edge off?" Um, man, if we just keep this, you know, hush, hush. I I got something. And uh, can I can I do any action, or do I need to wait till it's my turn? It would be your turn, but go ahead and give me an insight check now. Uh, and I roll a 13. Okay, yeah, you're pretty sure that you've got a stash on you that you can hook Jamie up with on your turn now. I'm just going to move forward. I, well, hmm, hmm. I, can, I, can I like wait to move forward until after? You can hold your action to move forward with uh, Andrew when he moves forward. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. All right, I'm taking a shot. Okay, roll to hit. Oh! All right. So an arrow goes streaking past and you hear a crew member in the background go, ah! <laughs> The Wilhelm scream. Uh, yeah, you hear a Wilhelm scream ah! in the background. You guys look behind you and you're pretty sure that PA is dead. <laughs> oh, shit. That'll bring us to Anthony. I'm going to use my feline agility, my mm-hmm. working, you know, my recent working out and run just to any kind of cover I can find that is kind of within that range. The dragon lying in the middle of the field would be the only cover. So what is what is your feline, how far does your feline agility let you move? Let's me double my speed, which is 30 on a dash. So it would make my speed 60, which means I could dash 120. Yeah, so uh, the entire length of the field is 150. That dragon is right at 75. Okay, so I'll dash to up under the dragon. All right, so you are uh, moving 75 feet forward. Are you tucking under the left wing of the dragon, kind of the right wing of the dragon? Where, where, where are you? Like kind of between its, well, like in between its legs on the, on its belly side. All right, you scooch up in there. Uh, then that'll bring us to Andrew. So uh, since, was it Jamie for Jazz? Mm-hmm. Jamie asked. Jamie. Jamie asked to. Um, it was me. For some stuff. What's uh, what's ailing? What's ailing you, man? Yeah, a little, little something, something. I, I mean, I, I had a fucking giant shark land. I mean, I'm just kind of hurting you. Any painkillers or anything? Oh yeah, yeah. And so I reach into my uh, green leotard <laughs> and uh, under my uh, under my gooch. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> not under his gooch. I've uh, got a got a tight tight rolled plastic bag and um, it's got some uh, heroin in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's got heroin suppositories of it. Suppository, yes. Okay. This will make everything okay. So I will do cure wounds on him. Okay. A first level or second level? Uh, second level. 16. How do you call for that to be enacted by the effects guys? Oh boy. It'll look as if I pull a gaseous ball out of my ass um, because that's where my hand is already going. And uh, I'll just uh, throw it at uh, Baba. Jamie. Jamie. Wait, yes. well, now I, okay, now I'm really confused. What, what, what am I doing? You're throwing your farts at me, apparently. Well, I thought I was giving you a heroin suppository a second ago. And then- that's what you're doing. But remember, we're like, just like when Jazz was pointing the fake ballista at the shark, he had to go magic missile to call out the spell. Oh, okay. So if you're reaching into the gooch and pulling out a cloud and thrusting <laughs> it in Jamie's face, he hopes, if, if not other places, you're going to go, cure light wounds or cure wounds as you do it okay uh so uh 
in order to make my uh, what I'm doing in real life uh, translate to special effects, I uh, I pull I pull out the uh, the green fart and uh, I yell cure wounds at uh, at Jamie. Uh, Jamie, you give me an insight check in this particular situation. <laughs> Oh, this is getting, uh, uh, this is weird. Welcome to the podcast, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's going on, honestly. 22. All right, so you're not sure if it's the moment that you're seeing Andrew reach into his green suit to pull out crotch drugs <laughs> to make you better. But as he does so, he goes from being a dude in a green suit to a full-blown dragon man in a breastplate bag of hammers strapped to his side. And instead of a fistful of crotch heroin, his hands glow with a cascading divine energy. And as he palms your face, slipping the pill into your <laughs> mouth... <laughs> You feel this magical energy roll over you and you are healed. But in that moment, between the, the conjunction of the two realities, you you remember being Eldrin again. And this isn't some has-been druggy actor. It's your has-been druggy dragonborn friend, Moyle. And he is healing you, which seems a little bit weird. Normally, he's pretty stingier with that. But uh, you, you, feel, you feel much, much, much better. And then you snapped back to reality. At what point does Moyle go, Jamie, how my ass tastes? <laughs> <laughs> does he put like a uh, finger over his lips? Like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before. <laughs> so as Cameron, I'm taking a shot because I cannot believe that these two just stopped in the middle of shooting. <laughs> started giving each other heroin. <laughs> So I'm taking a shot. 18 at Andrew. <laughs> That's going to hit Andrew. Yeah, roll a D8 for me there, Cameron. Uh, eight. Ooh, nice. Moyle, you you get done with this bizarre <laughs> drug palm crotch maneuver and you pop it into Jamie's mouth thinking you're being all smooth. Like nobody saw that. Mm-hmm. And an arrow sinks into your shoulder and stays and you kind of make eye contact with Jamie and look down at the arrow and then make eye contact with Jamie and look down at the arrow. There's an arrow on your shoulder, bro. You got a fucking arrow on your shoulder, dude. And then, uh, and then I reach into my back and I'm like, I guess I need one of these too. (laughs) (laughs) So the guys that are on the beach are kind of all together that didn't move, which would be jazz Jamie and Andrew, give me a dexterity saving throw as a catapult boulder streaks towards you. Oh, Andrew rolls a solid three. Jazz is dexterous and gets a 12. Ooh, 12 also. Jamie, you and Jazz managed to step out of the way. Andrew, this thing clunks into you fairly solidly. Cameron, roll 2d6 damage for me. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Seven. So, Andrew, you've taken 15 points of damage total. Cameron, that brings us back to your turn. So give me a roll to see how many charges of arrows you have. 1d4. Oh, one. Jazz, that is your turn. Your buddy, well, your coworker, Andrew, has an arrow sticking out of his shoulder and just got hit with, that's not a prop rock, man. That is not paper mache. That's a real goddamn rock. Like, it clonks into his chest. He goes down 
and then you know pops back up on his feet real quick and then you, you see his hand go from the front of his costume to the back of his costume i'm gonna need this to work a little quicker than you bud this isn't my first rodeo yeah and did not wash his hands yeah bone dry <laughs> jazz is just immediately amazed with how much more real everything looks and feels on these pr- like these expensive production sets he is just blown away this shit is amazing you'd swear that guy actually died right there this is fun as hell it just takes off full speed no hesitation no nothing just ah he's just hamming it up for the camera charging the beach full sprint dash action okay so that'll get you 60 are you going veering to the left of the field uh, right down the middle but he's gonna pick, he's gonna pick up a shield while he's running because he thinks it'll look cool he's gonna try to scoop up a shield it, you grab up a shield it's got two flaming arrows in it that are still burning somehow it's cool as shit yeah and jazz charges forward and you get 60 feet so uh, guys when you hit 150 you'll eff- effectively be out of the scene and that'll end your portion of it so jazz is at 60 baba is at 75 todd you went 30 and currently, Jamie and Andrew are at zero. That brings us to Todd's turn. All right. Todd is uh, doing a dash action. Dash will take you 60. Is it double my movements? Oh, wait. That's right. I forgot. Your movement is more. So 45, yes. Jesus Christ, dude. You have been doing a lot of running. He has. We're going to be looking at professional sports. I don't know if acting is really your game. So you would actually be able to go 45 on your regular action as your movement and then do your dash as a cunning action, which would take you all the way off the field to safety. That's that's what I'm doing. Okay, give me an insight check real quick. Because I was trying to stay with everybody, but everyone else is doing weird things, so I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, insight. It's getting a little intimate back there. <laughs> He's just going to thunder gun us. Nine. Yeah, dude, you, as you crouch down into your, your runner stance and then spring <laughs> off and launch forward, you're like, God damn it, man. Nobody gives me credit for being able to do a six minute mile, but I could do a six minute mile. I should be in the Olympics. I'm Harland, the actor, and uh, <laughs> scamper all the way down the field and make it to the flag. And you are out of this encounter. Jamie, that's your turn. All right. I'm going to uh, try to move up as far as I can. You can do a full dash action, which would get you 60. Yeah. So I'll, I'll dash to try to catch up to everyone else um, and uh, head towards that dragon. Okay. No. That brings us to Anthony. What did I see happen to Harlan as he made it to the end? Give me a perception check. You saw me looking fly as I zoomed past you. <laughs> 21. And then follow that up with a quick insight. And nine on insight. You saw him bolt off and your mind starts to question whether or not a human being could move that fast. And then there's this jarring, like a little bit of a vertigo moment, but then your reason sets back in and you end up on, I got to find out what that guy's interval program is because that is some freaking speed, man. Mm-hmm. That guy has got it down. And if anything, you feel a little jealous that that guy ran so fast. Yeah. So Harland, when he gets there, he finds an amazing spread of a catering table there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And no gooch hands has touched the food first. So I'm there first. <laughs> yeah. There's also a uh, uh, like a bottle of hand sanitizer if you wanted to make sure that he tosses his way. Right. So I'll then use uh, the dash action to do 60 feet to try and go around the, the tail side of the dragon and make it to the end. You were at 75 your first round, right? Yes. 
What's your base movement? 30. 30. So that'll get you 60. So that's 135. Yeah. Okay. That'll get you to the base of the hill, which leads up to the pillboxes, but you're still going to be on the field at the end of this turn. That brings us to Andrew. So I'm still on the boat because I got struck by an arrow. You're still at zero. You can either move and try and heal yourself, or you can abandon all caution and dash forward. Um, I'm going to pick up the PA and use him as a meat shield. And uh, I'm going to try and run towards the belly of the dragon. Okay, so you're just full dash. Full dash, yeah. Okay, so that moves you up 60. You are next to Eldrin then. And I'm going to take a shot. Okay. 17. At Andrew? Yes. All right, Andrew, what's your armor class? 15. I don't think your meat shield's going to help you here. Uh, do I get uh, advantage or something? You, I'm sorry. You would have partial cover because of that, which means I get to ooh, I get to go to the cover rules in my DM screen. <laughs> so I feel like I'm good. You guys so rarely take cover. This is a, 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 real, a, a portion of the rules that I rarely get to dip into. You're just like dust. You're blowing dust off a book. That, so plus two bonus to AC and dexterity saving throws against attacks and effects that, that originate from the opposite side of your cover. So uh, you still would have gotten, you because you're at, what would you say, 15? 15 and he had a 17, right? Yeah, so that still would have hit you. So you take the one point of damage. So you're peeking out from behind the meat shield as you run and an arrow flies forward and grazes the top of the animatronic head above your shoulders, but it still hurts, man. Even though it hit your robot head, it still hurts you. Oh yeah, that's whiplash right there. <laughs> All right. Cameron, that's your turn. Uh, what, what, real quick, we've got Baba on the field by himself and then Jazz, Andrew, and Jamie kind of clustered together midfield. So the three of you that are together, give me a dexterity saving throw because another catapult boulder is heading towards you. Andrew, you can add plus two to this. It's not looking good for old Jamie. Eight. Nat 20. <laughs> oh, wow. So a medium-sized catapult boulder flies forward and slams into Jamie. <laughs> Cameron, go ahead and give me 2d6 damage. Oh, boy. Nine. Jamie, you'll take nine points of damage from the catapult rock. Back where I was. Yay. That now brings us back at the top of the order. Cameron, go ahead and roll the d4 to see how, how many arrows your archers load up. All right, and then also during this time, I just want to point out that Harlan is finding a bunch of just delicious, exquisite, just delicacies made by former Top Chef contestants from the Texas season. Huh. Y'all should really get up here. It's really tasty. You got two shots. Yep, two. Makes it my turn? Yep, Jazz's turn. Jazz is just going to... Yeah, just charge straight forward, like just dramatic. Like he's not even going to try and go behind the dragon. He's not going to dodge the fire. He's just going to charge straight through, jump over one of the piles of fire in the, across the beach with his shield just out in front of him. Just, ah, just action scene, jumping through it. Just still just hamming it up. He thinks he's an Avenger right now. So you're getting another 60 that'll get you to 120. I'm going to take a shot too while he's going through. 16. Uh, Jazz, what's your armor class? 14, unless I'm getting anything from this holy burnt up shield I was picking up. No, that is just literal <laughs> set dressing. So, okay. Cameron, go ahead and give me a D8. Uh, 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 uh. Eight. Ooh, that's eight. Jazz sees arrow flying across the field at his face and panically goes, ah, and puts the shield up anyway, like it's going to do something. 
and cast shield. Okay, give me an insight check. Got a 12 or 11 on the die. Okay, so as the arrow streaks towards you, one of the extras who had made it most of the way down the field with you turns around and starts to give you a thumbs up and the arrow just clunks him right in the back of the head (laughs) and he drops down in front of you. Todd, that's your turn. Director, is there anything else for me to do or is there, you got any dessert? There's some Wagyu in there. Did you have some of that? Yeah, yeah, have some of that. Ooh, ooh, that's the good stuff. Yeah. I take a a bite of Wagyu. Go ahead and uh, first thing, give me an insight check. Nat 20. Oof. Okay. The next thing I need you to do is give me a constitution saving throw. What? How did... Good thing it turns. What have you been eating, man? We will resolve both of those in just a moment. What have you been eating? Okay. So, Mm. Harland, as you bite into this meat, there are two (laughs) things that immediately click. One, you're Todd the motherfucking tiefling. You don't know who this Harlan guy is or where the hell you're at, but something is definitely weird. Secondly, you taste the distinct taste of Margovian serpent venom coated on this Wagyu to attempt to be some kind of glaze. Now, a normal person would be in real trouble, but what most people don't know is that Todd the tiefling spent a summer in Medivh building up his resistance to that particular type of venom. And so it takes zero effect. But as you look out to the field in front of you, you see your teammates in this bizarre scenario where they appear to be running towards you. And that's your turn, Todd. You are now back to being Todd the Tiefling and not knowing what the fuck is going on. (laughs) Uh, It sticks with a nat 20. That will bring us to Jamie, your turn. So do do I remember when I've seen the the flashes from the other universe right now or is it gone? They've they've stuck there, but they have faded away. It's it's very much like thinking about a dream that you had very vividly two weeks ago. So there are elements to it that stick. Like, look, man, that that shot was majestic as shit. That will live on in your memory forever. But the emotional connection to what that means doesn't exist. Okay. All right. So I don't remember that Moyle is Moyle now, and uh, I'm I'm not really gonna ask him any more questions then. Okay. Um, yeah, then I'm just gonna keep running forward because I can't really do any... I Wait, do do my... Like, does my uh, inventory carry over? Like, if I have greater healing potions, can I use one of those? Ah, uh, yeah. You can reach back into your costume and pull out a quote-unquote healing potion and down one down, but that's gonna limit you to only being able to move 30 feet this round. Yeah, so where, where am I at now? Like, what? how many feet am I at? You've done one full dash, correct? So I'm at 60, right? You're at 60, yeah. You got to get to 150 to be safe. And where's the dragon at? It was at 75. It was at 75. Yeah. I will move up to the dragon and then uh, stop there. Yeah. I mean, the dragon is kind of catty corner. So like the nose of the, like the mid torso. So you could still move your full movement and drink the potion and have be at like the tail tip of the dragon. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do then. So that will, that will put you at 90, correct? Yes. And I have, uh, what, what is it? How many uh, hit, hit points is it greater? Regular healing or greater? Greater. 44. Yeah, it's 44 plus 4. That seems like too much healing. Hey, I mean, I, I have 13 hit points right now. <laughs> There's the Todd we know and love who's going to bitch about how much his friends get to heal. I just thought. He is back. <laughs> He's the regular, regular one, I thought. <laughs> 13 points. Uh, give me an insight check real quick. 18. Okay. And you've succeeded two other times? Yep. As you down this potion, you can feel it stitching together the wounds in your body. You feel your rib pop back into place and you feel a fog clear from your mind and you 
remember who the hell you are. You are Eldrin Thaneros, Ranger of Dak, Protector of the Wood Elves, and you have no goddamn idea why you are on this beach, why Todd is standing next to a giant table of food that's normally Fate's thing, or what exactly is going on. But you know that those dudes do apparently seem to be shooting arrows at you. And that will bring us to Anthony. All right. I will just finish. I would just go ahead and finish my rant. Right, you dash on up to the craft service table by the flag and you see Harland with a really weird look on his face standing in front of you. Ah, breakfast. So I just started eating. Go ahead and give me a constitution saving throw <laughs> and a insight check. Wow, Todd. <laughs> I didn't stop at all. No. I didn't know what I was supposed to, if I could tell him anything. I didn't know. I'm. You rolled the 20. You said it's. Speaking is a free action. So, yeah. yeah. He'd be like, try this. Okay. <laughs> that that was also your opportunity to say it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you already hit the dude a roll. And you said it in the insight, right? Yep. I got a 12 on the constitution. Oh, that was, no, that wasn't the saving throw. My bad. Wrong one. Uh, well, it's just it's just an extra two, so it'd be 14. Okay. Uh, but you probably shouldn't have ate that Wagyu. I'm sorry. Wow. There is something wrong with that Wagyu, uh, Anthony. It, it's probably turned a little bit. You are officially under the poisoned status, and you do not feel well. Did you give me an insight check? Yeah, okay. No, I, I had a four on the insight check. You know, you, you've been considering going vegan. Your doctors have recommended you bring down your the amount of red meat that you've been eating anyway. So that's probably the direction you move in the future. That makes sense. Brings us to Andrew. I'm hiding behind the dragon at this point, And uh, I'm just like, uh, I'm going to run towards everyone else. You get full dash? Yeah, but I'm going to drop... Uh, I want to drop Jerry the corpse before so I can get a little extra speed. That's not going to affect your speed at all, but you will lose your cover. What? I'm yeah. pretty sure I just dropped like 150 pounds. I'm telling you to be nice so you still get the plus two to your armor class. But if you want to drop okay. the corpse, I'll let you move like an extra five feet. I Let's do it. Extra five feet. Here I come. <laughs> okay. Isn't he almost dead? All right. I'm taking a shot too. 14. My armor class is a 15. Okay. As you go to drop the course, an arrow sinks into it (laughs) just seconds before you drop it and it fulfills its duty. So you're going to get another 60, which will bring you to 90, correct? I'm sorry. 95. <laughs> Wouldn't it be 120? No, because your your movement is 30, right? Oh, yeah. And so dashing is twice that, so that's 60 plus, plus an extra 5. 95. Now this brings us to the catapults. You guys are pretty spread out. Jazz, give me a dexterity saving throw. Ooh, 9 on the die, 12. Go ahead and give me 2d6 damage there, Cameron. 7. Jazz, you, I just have to assume that because the movie set has a higher budget, it can afford denser prop rocks than PBS could because this one really hurts. And now that kind of brings us back around to Cameron. So let's recharge your arrows. Three. Cameron, you know that Todd and Eldrin are cognizant of their situation. Hmm. Okay. Jazz, your turn. So stunned by the, you know, the pain he's feeling from that, you know, that prop boulder that just hit him. Because, I mean, it's clearly a prop. It's just a really, just a really good prop. And, you know, he's just been, like I said before, he was blown away with how well these props have been put together. But, yeah, he's just going to gonna keep charging on ahead. And, uh, yeah, he's going to make his way up the side of the mountains. You know, he's going to actually crawl up the side of the, the hill in front of him in slow-mo. Like, there's no actual camera slow-mo, but he's crawling really slowly because he doesn't have far to go, but he'll be clear. And then can I take a shot before he leaves? You absolutely can. <laughs> Eight. Miss. 
a miss. An arrow dramatically lands next to you as you climb up, just making this move somehow slightly more badass. <laughs> and that, that clears you from the field, Jazz? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's he's uh, tied Baba eating. So he's like, oh, sweet. Lunchtime. You probably don't want to eat that. What? You probably don't want to eat that. Why, why not? I think it makes you, it's making people sick. Oh. That will bring us to Todd, the motherfucking tiefling. Now that I know that where I'm at, do I see who's shooting arrows at us and, and boulders? Uh, there are these two square concrete buildings that are kind of arranged like towers would be the nearest corollary that you would have to describe them. And the arrows seem to be coming from up there, but you can't necessarily see people up there. So where is this Cameron in this in, in where I'm at? Can I investigate to see? There's a gentleman that seems to be sitting on a chair next to a like a boxy lantern looking thing that is on a metal arm, which is suspended over the battlefield that seems to have an air of some authority. I'm taking a shot at him with my crossbow. Okay. Can I do that? <laughs> if that's what you want to do, you absolutely can. Now, I will tell you what it's going to look like to half the people in the party <laughs> is that Harlan has gone ape shit and is trying to murder the director and they will react accordingly. Okay. Well, then I'm going to go towards the the bunkers. Okay. I can't because I can't see who's in it. I, I could just only make a movement towards it, right? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can get up to the side of them. And if you want to try and climb up the side to get on top to see where the arrows are coming from, you absolutely can. Okay, I'll do that. And do I do, do an investigative check once I get to give me an athletics roll to climb up there? Okay, no, not a problem. You know, athletics is my thing. Maybe you've done so well historically. 11. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, It's concrete. There's really no... The footholds? Grippy edges. Yeah, there's no footholds. So you try, but you're not You're not getting up there. I figured that. Okay. <laughs> now we're on Jamie. Uh, so who's nearby me right now? Is is Moyle with me? You and, you and Moyle are both at 90, correct? I'm at 95. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. Andrew has somehow managed to edge past you. Oh no! Now you see Moyle Mossberg. Right. So yeah, Moyle is about five feet in front in front of you. So can I like grab Moyle and try to like force him to like see what's going on? Like, can I slap him around or something? Like, trying to think of like how like I want to grab his face and do like the hook. Like, are you in there, Peter? Thing like. Uh, <laughs> you guys can certainly uh, act that out. And depending upon how that interaction goes, we will determine uh, the challenge rating for Moyle's insight check. All right. So I'm going to grab Moyle's face and I'm going to stretch it out and make it into all weird shapes. And I'm going to... Andrew, Jamie reaches around and grabs a head of the animatronic head above <laughs> your head and seems to start messing with it. <laughs> Hey, man, there's a head attached to this head. Are you in there, Moyle? Are you in there? What is this guy doing? It's me, Eldrin. <laughs> hey, buddy, we're on set. Come on. Dude, I. what is going on right now? Why aren't you listening to me? And I slap it. Can I take a shot and get some sort of advantage because they are making themselves uh, a little bit? Yeah, you can go ahead and take your shots at him. So this is going to be, so it's basically like, like I guess what, what I, I'm thinking of is that Jamie is like basically pulling or Eldrin's pulling like Andrew, like into like the firing line while he's trying to help. Yeah. And so this shot's going at him. Thump. Swing and a miss. Is that what you got, Eldrin? I slap Moyle in, in the animatronic head, I guess. <laughs> okay. Give me an insight, Andrew. Yeah. Wow. That is every button except the one that I asked you. 
<laughs> Those are warm-up clicks. You know, I got one of the finger up. And what'd you get? I got an 11. Andrew, you clearly, Jamie, can't handle his fucking drugs because <laughs> that dude has lost his shit and seems to be a little bit out of control. Um, okay. Uh, okay. When was the last time I talked someone down uh, from the edge? Okay. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Cameron, if you want to go and take another shot of him now, even if you don't have an arrow left, I'm going to go and let you take one. Four. Oh, my God. Everything is not okay. Everything is not okay. What is happening right now? Like, there are people shooting at us, and you're just fucking around, Moyle. Okay, this guy, he sees the dragon on my head. He probably thinks he's Merlin. Merlin. Merlin? Who the fuck is Merlin? Moyle. Moyle. And I punch him right in the stomach. (laughs) Oh, right. Uh, Eldrin. Yeah, that's my name. Yeah, that's my name. How are you? Yeah. Uh, All right, I'll uh, I'll play along. Okay. Uh, Okay. Eldrin, are you feeling okay? No, they're trying to fucking shoot us, man. Like, those are fucking arrows. They're shooting at us, and we're just kind of hanging out by this dragon. Like, what's going on? Oh, man. Can I take another shot? Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) 13. Nope. Can we assume, like, an extra, like, runs by and gets hit? Absolutely. With the two that were single digits, those whiffed into the sand. But with the 13, uh, one of the few remaining extras is, is running cross and takes it right in the knee and then crumples down. Oh. Didn't you see that, dude? He just took an arrow in the knee, man. Like, these are real fucking arrows. Give me one of these. And I grab an arrow and I try stabbing myself in the leg with it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Two things happen. Uh, One, Cameron, roll 1d8 damage. Four. All right. And two, Moyle, give me an insight check. This is going to be a very low difficulty. Nine. Oh, my God. But, yeah, all right. So, God damn it. Do, do it again. Jam it again. You got to jam the arrow again. For the record, there could not have been a better episode for you guys to roll a giant pile of horse shit on insight checks. <laughs> I, I swear to God, the universe wanted you dumbasses to go through every possible situation. Yeah, Moyle, you stab it into your leg, but you're a little bit numb from the heroin suppository, so it doesn't really feel like anything. But if you want to stab it in your leg again, you you can. No, no. I stab it once and I say, look, it's not real. I don't feel anything. Dude, you got a fucking arrow in your leg. Right. Oh my God. We are at the point where uh, that's y'all's turn. You're not going to get any movement this turn. So, Jazz, what are you doing? Oh God. Okay. So Jazz is a bit perturbed because he's hungry and Harlan's not really being very clear on why he can't eat. So he's... Wait, did we skip me? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And the whole interaction that just went down between those two guys, I did skip you. My bad. Yeah, I wasn't sure which one of their turns it was. I was like... It was both of them somehow. <laughs> my bad, man. Go ahead. Do my pentahedra stuff, like, does that apply? Uh, yeah, the character that you guys were written into in this script are a group of dysfunctional adventurers who, after meeting in a truck stop and trying to save some lumberjacks, were infected, I- implanted with a, a multidimensional crystal, which has tied you together, and you guys are currently adventuring to find a way to cure your affliction. Okay, so that would have given me advantage on poison. Oh, okay. Go ahead and roll it again. Let's just see, and we'll say if, if that's the case, then it, you purge it out. Still didn't do that. Nope. You, you know, stick your fingers in the back of the throat and hark <laughs> up the Wagyu. You still feel pretty bad, but go ahead and give me an insight check. Wow. 
Shit. Four. <laughs> after rolling an eight on the Constitution. Yeah. I'm, I am lost in the world. I, is there anything else I can eat? What What can I eat, Todd? There's a pretty good spread on the table. And in fact, it's a little bit disconcerting because it, it appears to have whatever you want on it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm just gonna mull over the table because the the wagyu being a little suspicious and not tasting quite right is really making me think really hard over what I'm going to try next. Okay, and I'll I'll, I'll just end my turn. All right, and that'll that'll then bring us back around to the top of the order. So, Cameron, you want to recharge your arrows? Two. Andrew and Eldrin, give me a dexterity saving throw as a boulder swings towards the two of you. Twenty one. Um, I'm gonna say Andrew's getting hit. Um. Give me uh, 2d6 damage there, Cameron. Nice. Eldrin, you nimbly dodge out of the way like a friggin' elf, but Moyle, you lean into the rock like a, a dried-up actor and take nine points of damage. Which, where are you at health-wise, Andrew? He's got to be getting close. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm down to two. Now you're down to two. Okay. That's going to bring us to Jazz. Yeah. How far is uh, Andrew from the cliff? You guys are still at 90, right? Yep. Andrew's at 95. All right. So thinking that the scene is still playing on, Jazz decides he wants to go and be the hero. He's going to double back. No man left behind and go save Andrew. Okay. I'm going to take a shot. <laughs> 17. Shoot him as soon as he gets you feel an arrow bearing down behind you, Jazz. Um, no, he's just, he's blindly charging back out. He's trying to go save his boy. You take an arrow in the ass, five points of damage. Right sheep, just like Forrest friggin' Gump. Ah, something bit me. <laughs> you missed your second training day, perfect training day quote. Yeah, I know, I know. I let that one go. <laughs> You motherfucker! You <laughs> shot me in the ass. <laughs> He's, he laid out the Forrest Gump. I had to go with that one. Uh, so, which where are you at? What are you? What are you? What's the point of you just running out here? Uh, I'm I'm gonna grab Andrew and try and drag him back up the hill. Okay, you're gonna be able to get to him this round. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're not gonna be able to drag him back. All right, so then that's. I want I want you to be able to provide him cover as we're coming back up. Or, or assistance if he needs it. You're taking a boulder. I can see you taking a boulder. That's happening. That is that is your turn. Todd, you're up. All right. I'm going to try to look into this thing again. Give me an athletics roll to climb up. Athletics check. Nat 20. You scramble up to the top and there doesn't appear to be anything up there. Occasionally you will see a arrow appear as if out of nowhere and go streaking down towards the battlefield towards one of your friends. Oh, shit. Okay. And uh, no, so I guess that's my my turn. No, unless you want to shout something out. Did anything I could do to snap at least uh, Anthony out of it? He's the closest. I, I guess that was my turn climbing up. Yeah, give me something you would say that would snap snap him out of it. Oh shit! Think of the emotional connection Todd has with Baba. What could you say that would bring Baba back around? Can I shoot Harland like a, a arrow or pierced? Yeah, you absolutely can. 15. What's your armor class there, Todd? 15, yeah. Todd, entice him with a, a urinal cake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go ahead and roll damage there. Uh, Three. Todd, an arrow appears right behind you and grazes your, your ribs. Do anybody see that an, I'm off the set and an arrow just shot me? Eldrin can see that you're up on top of the towers by yourself, mm-hmm. but Jazz and Andrew and Anthony just see the extras up there shooting down. All right. That's it for me. All right. Jazz? Jazz, not Jazz. Is it, isn't it Jamie's? It's me. All right. God damn it, man. <laughs> so Jazz is with us now, right? Me and... Yeah, Jazz uh, is well, there with you guys. All right. 
So I, I, I put my hand on Jazz, Jazz's shoulder, knowing that it's actually fate. And I say, fate, wake the fuck up. You know what our quest is. We're looking for, for, for answers to this pentahedron stuff. Why are we, why are we fucking around here? And, uh, I need your help, man. Like, wake up. Like, what are you doing? Give me a insight check, Jazz. With advantage. Nope. Yeah, no. Oh, but I got a 19 anyway. Thank fucking God. <laughs> you snapped to had Eldrin referenced your debt to Salome or, That's what I, ah! <laughs> or any element of your backstory that you guys should know each other's by now. Fate, you snap to, and the reality of your existence comes crashing back into you. There's a, a, a slight sense of vertigo, and you are your fate again, except now you're with Eldrin and Moyle on a fake beach. Todd is up on a tower, showboating, and Baba seems to be having lunch. And there is a strange gentleman on a crane above your head. Well, my word, what the devil's is going on here? Yeah, I wish I knew. Is there an arrow in my leg? Then yeah, sir, then yeah. <laughs> Moyle, at the sound of panic in Fate's voice, give me an insight check, because that's the fate you know. <laughs> Cry baby. <laughs> I roll a 21. You snap back to who you are. You hurt like hell. You really should pray to Ralashaz. Cameron, at this point, you know four out of five of your captives have come back to reality. And Okay. Who's left that hasn't turned? Is it Jazz? Anthony's the only one. Anthony? Oh, yeah. I'm making a sandwich. Okay. <laughs> so first, I'm going to yell out, Anthony, I'll give you top billing right now if you attack them. And point to like the group of people by the, by the dragon. Top billing? Top billing. And I say really quietly, just with points. Oh, consider them attacked. Give me an insight check, Anthony. At seven. Oh my God. So the setting around you swirls and changes and morphs from this bizarre beach to the inside of a grandiose amphitheater. Up on stage, Cameron with Baba by his side look down on the lot of you sitting in the first row just on the other side of the orchestra pit. Strange mystical energy seems to crackle around Cameron and Baba moves forward to attack you. Anthony, in your head, you reconcile this as the grand finale and you are happy to finally be back on the stage where you belong. In front of you in the front row, you see the actors that have been bringing you down this entire production. Harland, Jamie, Andrew, and Jazz, you would be able to jump down off the stage and attack one of them during your turn this time. So I will, again, with my catchphrase, you guys are making me angry. You would not like me when I'm angry. And I jump down to attack. Who? Wait, what's the order? Or who's, who's where? They're all basically sitting in this front row seat in a large dramatic amphitheater. In front of you, this, there's a, a small orchestra pit that seems to be filled with instruments that are playing themselves, a appropriately dramatic background music to emphasize the, the climactic nature of the fight that's about to happen. And then sitting in a like a bench seat about 10 feet in front of you is, is Harland. Harland and his throwing his money in my face over and over again. I'm with all recklessness attacking him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Do it, Anthony. Do it. <laughs> Roll it. You are a star. Disadvantage, because he's poisoned. 
You are poisoned still. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that'll give you a flat roll, but even with the eight, you leap off the stage and sink your spear into the oak of the bench where Todd sits. But in that moment, standing behind the the pew that Harland is sitting on is an extra that you've seen kind of in the background of the set all day. And she looks very, very familiar. And give me an insight roll. She is dressed in a pale blue... God damn it. This fight is happening. You can't, you can't insight roll your way out of this fight. <laughs> the DC at this point is a 10. <laughs> And I'm trying to say the ghostly apparition of Tanage behind me there, but it's, you see a production assistant wearing, <laughs> she seems to be wearing like a, some kind of, of of body and face paint that almost look, makes her look like a ghost, but clearly she's not a ghost. Well, ghosts aren't real. <laughs> and she gives you a big thumbs up as you stab at Harlan. <laughs> Moyle. You are hurting and you are up. And Cameron stands triumphantly on the stage. Bob, what does what does Cameron look like as he unveils his true form? Basically, he still looks similar, but um, I guess so. He like kind of lengthens and he just uh, he gets a little bit thinner. Like he doesn't like lose any mass. His before he's just kind of squished and uh, kind of out of the back um, come out six tendrils that, that look exactly like uh, like film. So they're like film tendrils that are kind of coming out of his back and uh, the bottom two he uses to kind of even push himself up a little bit higher as well. You know, so he's using two as, as his legs and the other four are just kind of all waving around and he's just kind of laughing maniacally and just going, yes, yes, yes. The drama, the drama. My party members that are not currently under the influence, give me a religion check. Oh, three. Three. 16. And a 12. Moyle? Well, we're under the influence, me and... No, you're you're out, bro. No, you're out. Yeah. Yeah, me. Oh, okay. We got you out. Yeah, it's just just Anthony at this point. Sorry, uh, wrong influence. <laughs> yeah, no, you're still high as fuck. That's just a... Yeah, that's why I was like, well, okay. Nat 20. All right, you hear a voice from your hip go, God damn it, that asshole's going to screw everything up for us. And all three of you realize this is Cameron, god of entertainment and the ocean depths. You guys are familiar with him from the Pantheon, and you're not sure why? What the fuck is going on? But this dude is clearly trying to kill you guys. I just want to make sure I heard you correctly. You said this is a god? Cameron, the god of entertainment and the ocean depths. Yes. Got it. Yep. Yep. Just making sure I heard. Okay. That that would be be who you, uh, you are facing off against. Moyle, it's your turn. What are you doing? Prayer of healing. Prayer of healing is a 10 minute cast time. You want to do cure wounds again? I will do that. Okay. So I got a two and a six. So you have 10 hit points now. All right, cool. That will bring us back over to the top of the order. Cameron, this is your opportunity for your villain monologue if you'd like to do it. Hmm. Sometimes actions are better than dialogue. So we're in we're inside like kind of a playhouse, right? Yeah, this this big dramatically appointed amphitheater playhouse. Yes. Uh, is there artificial lighting anywhere? The whole scene has kind of a dreamlike glow, but yes, there are a number of lights above the curtain and towards the back, and then there's the little row of stage lights that kind of go to the front. So, is there any way I can like knock out the lights since I have dark vision? Yeah, there's there would be no way for you to get it completely dark. 
I will also say, as a deity, you know that four-fifths of the party also has dark vision. I am Cameron, and I am a great artist. And you guys have ruined my art this one last time. And then I went in, so I have multi-attacks. So I have four film tendrils. I'd like to take Mm -hmm. two tendrils and try to grab Moyle, like, on each side and then try to pull them apart. So you can make four attacks with the tendrils. The tendrils don't actually do damage. They just grapple. Can I grapple and pull? What you would be able to do is grapple, roll to try and hit Moyle, and if you grapple him, use the real ability, which would pull him towards you to get him in melee range to be able to use your clapper. Okay, so this is a melee weapon plus seven, right, to hit. Okay, so two of those? You could do all four if you want, if you want to wrap him up. Well, I get four attacks, right? So I'm going to use two on Moyle. 26. Uh, yeah. yeah, that doesn't look good. You go ahead and roll the other one. 13. So one of your tendrils shoots out and wraps Moyle up. Uh, you can use the rest of your turn to draw him in towards you. All right, so I'm going to draw him in towards me. So then next round, you'll be able to hit him with your clapper board if you'd like. Moyle, you are effectively grappled. You can either try and break out of the grapple next round or do an action. Those tendrils are attackable. Eight. So uh, Fate is sitting on the bench next to Todd, who just got attacked at by Baba. And so he's like, all right, I'm sick of this. I'm going to knock some sense into you, Baba, in the name of... And as he's doing this, he casts Magic Missile, level one. So they're all going to hit Baba in the name of Tanage, he says, as each one of the missiles hits him. All right, give me three insight rolls, Anthony. One of them can be at advantage for invoking Tanage's name. You gonna wait the hell up. Mm -hmm. On the first try, all right, go ahead and roll damage. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Nine damage. So, uh, Baba, you take nine points of damage as you are snapped back to your consciousness and behind the pew that the guys are sitting on, you see Tanage shaking her head in disapproval of your previous attack on Todd, but clearly excited to have you back in the fight. And then that will bring us to Todd. All right. I'm going uh, a short sword attack at the camera. All right, so you uh, scramble forward, leap up onto the stage, and we'll be able to do your sneak attack on camera. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to go and I'm going to sneak attack him with my short sword. Mm, roll ahead. Nat 20. Mm, great. Oof, okay. So that will be uh, 6d6 damage. Nice. 20. All right. Wasn't nice. That's almost as low as he could roll. Oh, uh, yeah, it actually wasn't nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's about as low as he could roll, actually. Oh. <laughs> Don leaps forward, brandishes his short sword, yells, sneak attack, and then stabs you in the foot. I mean, it hurts like hell, but it, there's better, definitely better places he could have stabbed you. <laughs> do you want to go ahead and use your offhand sword attack as well? Yes, I do. Here we go. Sword attack 11. Mm. All right. That will not hit. Eldrin, your go. Uh, so I want to use my bonus action to cast Hunter's Mark. Cameron, a glowing arrow appears in the uh, in the air above you, pointing down at your head. Gotcha now. And then I'm going to... I'm wondering if I should target this tendril over here that's got fate. Moyle. Or Moyle, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to target the, the tendril. Rolled it. 15. Uh, yeah, that'll hit. All right. Can I do one of the um, legendary actions? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, you can do a legendary action in between Harlan's turn and Jamie's turn. Well, for that Jamie one, can I do the um once more with feeling? 
Uh, yes, you absolutely can. Does that make him have to redo that to hit? Yes, it it would. Um, he needs to make a uh, wisdom spell saving throw. Yeah, so Cameron's like once more with feeling, and then whatever magic, <laughs> magic. All right, so wisdom saving throw. Yep. Mm, four. Oh my god, that's a nat one. That's a nat one. Reality rewinds your arrow, which had been arcing towards the tendril, which would have been holding Moyle in place, and it slides back into your bow, and you go to take your shot a second time. No matter. Oh, fuck. that one again. That one? Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) And it it sails off into the background as an extra walks back into the stage wearing an owl outfit and it gets shot into the shoulder and goes wow man wow <laughs> just a bit outside uh, baba your turn baba we're coming to himself looks at his sister and her disapproval and shrugs his shoulders and is like you know todd's still sort of a dick Whoa. so <laughs> <laughs> Nage agrees. <laughs> Baba also is perturbed at the fact that he's been tricked into attacking someone else, uh, remembering back to the to the old to the to the old lady, and um, and he, he's he's quite upset, and he uh, is going to jump back on stage and attack uh, recklessly, which will, which will be normal, right? Because I'm still poisoned. Uh, yep, 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 yep. Goodness gracious. That is not going to do it. You uh, are a little winded from the effects of the poison climbing up on the stage to dash towards him and just aren't able to put the force you need to pierce uh, him with your Nicola. Can I do one legendary action with my last point with take five? Director can roll uh, uh, to attack on target. Yep. All right. So he's coming up. All of a sudden, a tendril comes out in kind of a whipping motion right at you. Get off me. Oh, that maybe that's more Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it whips past him and pops beside his ear. All right, Andrew, you're up. You are grappled. Um, if you want, you can try and burst out of the tendril or you can take a normal action. Can I use Sacred Flame to blind him? You can use Sacred Flame to attack him, um, but it does not have a blind effect. It would ruin all his negatives. Then I'm going to try and charm him. Cameron is technically not a person, but you know what? Let's go ahead and see how this plays out. Uh, now, he is going to get to roll his saving throw at advantage because you're in combat. Ooh. If I disguise myself, would he forget that I <laughs> that he is holding on to me? Even if Cameron wasn't played by an actual <laughs> real-life human being, that wouldn't necessarily work. Okay. <laughs> Can I told? Let me told the dead. What does that do? <laughs> you point at one creature you can see within range, and the sound of a dolorous bell fills the air around it for a moment. The target must succeed on the wisdom saving throw, or take one d8 necrotic damage. Okay. If the target is mis- missing any of its hit points, it instead takes one d12 necrotic damage. Bob, give me a wisdom saving throw. It's roll a d20 and add three to it. Oof, that does not happen. Moyle, give me a D12. 12. Nice. Moyle, what is your what is your dolorous bell sound like? Is it is it a big tolling of a church bell or is it like the little dingling, which would be appropriate? <laughs> I was I was really hoping it'd sound more like the Ricola horn, but if it has to be a bell. <laughs> 
No, no, no. If you want it to be okay. the Ricola horn, I am totally cool. We just have to know that it's <laughs> that going forward. So give me a Ricola. Ricola. <laughs> Cameron, you take 12 points of damage. And that will bring us back around to the top of the order. And it's your turn. All right. So right now is... Uh, Moyle's still in my tendril grappled. Moyle is still entangled, and he is within range for you to attack him with your clapper ability, if you would like. That's what I'm going to do. It's time to take a little off the top. (laughs) You see Cameron pull out a old-school-style movie clapper board and go to clap it down on Moyle's actual head, because he only has the one now. And then, yeah, give me a hit roll. Plus seven. Ooh, takes me down a negative one. With an 11, he misses. Yeah. Oh, which brings me back up to 10. Yeah. (laughs) Can I cast um, once more with feeling on myself? No. Unfortunately, that has to be... As a director, (laughs) you can only tell other people what to do. Oh, that's true. You can fire off some tendrils at some other people if you want to try and grapple them. Okay, tendril on Bob. Baba. Baba. Roll it. That's a nat 20. So, Baba, you are grappled. Next. This is for Todd. Todd, you are grappled. Does that do damage? No. No. And then Meldrin, 24. Ooh. Jesus Christ. God damn it. <laughs> See, I can get these, but when it's time to decapitate someone, I get a four. Anyways. <laughs> Eldrin, you are grappled. So Cameron flexes out his Dr. Octopus like <laughs> film tendrils and they shoot out and wrap you guys up. Flavor of the day seems to be grapple, boys. That's grape apple. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Thank you. Thank you. All right. right. Thank you. I've been here all night. Now you're casting Scorching Ray? Yes. Yes, I am now casting Scorching Ray. And I have to roll the attack three times. Aim at the tendrils. I don't know. What the hell just happened? That'll hit. Both of those will hit. So all three hit. 25. All right. That's 25 points. Do you want to do anything, Cameron, before we move on to the next player? I want to do take fives against him. So, yeah, go ahead and roll to hit then. That's a 26. Jesus. I hit. Who are you firing it at? Fate? Yeah. No. Fate, you take five points of damage. Ouch. Uh Ouch. And then I take 25. You took 25, and then you pointed at Fate and yelled, take five. And he feels the need to take five points of damage. And then that brings us to... Todd the Tiefling, you are grappled? Yeah, not, not much I can do while I'm grappled, unlike Moyle who was using spells and stuff, so I have to just try to break out, right? No, you can attack. Yeah, you can attack. So what grappled basically means... Okay, so... So yeah, it just basically means you're you're kind of rooted in place. I mean, he can kind of potentially drag you around. So the, what, what the point of those tentacles are, are to grapple you guys and then draw him into that clapperboard attack. So I can still use sneak attack and everything, too. You can absolutely roll to hit and try and do a sneak attack. Sneak attack. That's a miss. Uh, but that one didn't hit. So use my other one for sneak attack for that too. Mm-hmm. Come on offhand. Mother suck. 25. The first swing, Cameron, it holds you back with the film tendril, like an older brother holding a little brother back. And you kind of swing your short sword back and forth uh, out of reach, but then you're able to bring the other hand up and tag him. So roll damage. I'm going, to, I'm going to have him do once more with feeling, so he needs to make a wisdom save. Oh, you're going to need to roll that. Yeah, make a wisdom saving throw there, Todd the Tiefling. A wisdom saving throw? Yeah. Okay. 
If I don't do the wisdom saving throw, then I have to roll again, right? Yes. Crit net 20. Wow, crit. You're tired of listening to this dude tell you what to do, man. You are tired of listening to this dude tell you what to do. Roll your damage. 11. Damn, you're not feeling good, dude. You are not feeling good. I would like to um, announce that it's curtains for this. Toss the guys and and retreat into the night because I'm pretty battered. That is absolutely in character for Cameron. He drops you guys. Can I throw him at least? Yeah, you can give him a good toss. <laughs> like I'm not going out like no sucker. Yeah, exactly. So like, well, that's curtains for me, boys. And then <laughs> throws and exits stage right. Let's do this. Everybody make a dexterity saving throw as Cameron throws you up into the air to dispose of you to see if you take any damage. Fuck. 11. Andrew rolls a 6. 24. Todd manages to turn it into a flip and lands total Iron Man pose on, <laughs> on the edge of the stage. Andrew and Eldrin, you fall into the orchestra pit and take D10's worth of damage. Sorry, Baba, where'd you end up on the dexterity saving throw? I rolled an 8. Bob, give me a D10 damage real quick. 5. All right, everybody takes five points of damage. Except Jazz. Except for Jazz. And Harland. And Harland. <laughs> Cameron then takes his film tentacles and they coil in around him, wrapping him up like a, a cocoon almost, to where he almost looks like a film mummy. And then a eldritch green light begins to glow from the interior of this bizarre film mummy, which then explodes outwards in a magnificent finish. And you guys are left in this strange theater as the pieces of film drift downward. You guys all take a moment to get up and dust yourself off. And as you wonder exactly what the hell just happened, there is a crackle and a pop. You all start awake and realize you're all laying flat on your backs, arranged in a circle around a dying bonfire, staring up at the sky, dazed and lost and unsure of how long you were in that other place, whether it was minutes, hours, or days, you slowly become aware of the sound of Gundren berating a turtle. She turns from the harried-looking turtle and flits over and says, Now, y'all, I don't think that went exactly as expected. Hey, so, um, yeah, that happened, right? Look, uh, I want to thank everybody for indulging us in what is a very special, slightly weird, but totally canonical episode of the Gimme to Loot podcast. So a skosh of backstory, and you'll get a little bit more of this when the MVP show for this episode comes out. Basically, about a year ago, we did a crossover episode with the host of a movie podcast. We had a blast recording it, and shortly afterwards, I realized, ah, fuck, man, this has got some legitimate spoilers in it for the overall cosmology of our story. So this isn't going to be something that can happen right away, and we could publish and do kind of an out-of-time situation like we did with the Blimp episode. So this episode went into the vault until uh, we could reach a point where I could get the guys in front of Gundren, and she could make them project into the mental space, at which point an adversary might take advantage of that situation. And then we changed up the way that we did edited episodes to start breaking up our single sessions into smaller bite-sized chunks. And a year later, this episode finally came out. 
I'm super proud of what the guys did in it. You know, really, when we recorded this, this was a year ago before we even had a lot of the techniques down that they've become more accustomed to using on a regular basis. Our recording environments and equipment certainly has improved over time thanks to the help of our Patreon supporters. And you'll continue to hear improvement on that end as we get into the back half of the episodes that we recorded last year. So thanks for indulging us. Thanks to Bob, who played Cameron, God of Entertainment and the Ocean Depths, who was extremely patient in the fact that the episode he came to guest on had to sit in the freezer for a year. Stay tuned. You'll be hearing more from Bob in the future. We'll have some announcements on that front in the new year. But exciting stuff. Uh, Also exciting stuff coming up. In 2022, we launch Fight Nights. Our community PvP show will be continuing on Guest Quest. We're going to try and add a few more nights streaming even so that we can check that affiliate box on that front and continue to grow from there. Since this episode will be coming out the week of Christmas, whether you celebrate the holiday or not, and I certainly understand if you don't, I did want to take this moment to send a very special thank you out to everyone who's made time for us in their busy podcast listening schedule this year. It has been delightfully surprising and fulfilling to see this show grow over the last 12 months, to see the cast get more comfortable in their characters, get more comfortable with the system, have a little more fun with it, start to contribute on other fronts, which you'll see in some special lore episodes that will come out early next year. I just can't express how incredible an experience this has been. So think of this as that bit in the credits that says, special thanks and appreciation to... As you sit there waiting for that one last after credit scene to finally come up. But I would be remiss if I didn't take a few extra moments to thank our favorite people in the whole world, our Patreon supporters. So on that note, don't use bad yarn on bad conspiracies either. Luke, Harland absolutely has a spot for you in his entourage. His shitty remake of the extra bro-y version of Entourage that's coming out on HBO Max later this year. Brian, Bryce, our newest Moyle supporter. Welcome aboard. Dreken, Eric, Ken, Korobe Nikki, Lady Kiva Lagos is my spirit guide. Miles, Zork Fox, Andrew promises you the first hit off the joint he's got tucked up in the gooch. You may have to run the lighter back and forth it a couple of times to cure it out before you can get it fully lit. But hey, fresh toke. And again, keeping the tradition strong of supporter names I don't exactly know how to say in the Eldrin level. Gair the Sleeping Norwegian, Jogan. Hogan, Jogan, Saga Nadal, which in my brain is Shadow Naga every time I see it, for the record. That's why that doesn't seem like it's that hard to say, but my brain says Shadow Naga, which sounds like a fucking bitchin' ninja or a monster the guys are going to have to fight somewhere in the Verdant. Thomas, Jamie will totally get the developers to stash an Easter egg with your names in it in the next fighting game he does mocap work on. Bill, while we know Jazz is never, never going to win an Oscar... I'm pretty sure he will thank you in his People's Choice Award speech. Matt and resident Alpha patron Lee, Anthony wanted you to know, whether you shall meet again, he knows not. Therefore, his everlasting farewell take, forever and forever farewell. If you do meet again, why, you shall smile. And if not, why then, this parting was well made. Hope you enjoyed the show. (laughs) 